Hey, it's tardy to the party. It's a Christmas miracle. We're filling our pop cultural things with all they've never seen before. Because we're talking about the Polar Express, something has happened, and so we have to play that theme music. In keeping with the film that we're talking about. Which is the Polar Express. Oh no, I have gas pains, searing gas pains. Yeah. It might not be the, the saddest Christmas movie, but it's probably the most depressing. It is pathetic. It is a fucked up monster movie. <laughs> We've talked about in the past how we try not to pick things that we know we're going to hate. And we try not to be like all YouTube-y about this shit, about how we're just going to be like, Here's 3,000... We're not, we're not trying to be all angry video game nerd about stuff. We're not yet. We're not trying to be all like, hey, We're going to take a baseball bat to this thing everyone else loves. Mm-hmm. But I just... I think it started last year. I noticed the Polar Express was showing up more and more often on cable TV, or at least the version of cable TV I watch on PlayStation View. And especially this year, they're like running it between that that and Elf. They're running it yeah. 24-7. I, I mentioned this on the Elf po- podcast about how cable TV seems to have suddenly, within the last year or two, suddenly decided Elf and Polar Express need to be the two new Christmas classics that they're going to force into people's lives if you're watching cable TV. And while Elf was actually pretty cute, the Polar Express is fucking crazy. And one of the weird things, I guess this is an actual Christmas classic for some people, because I forgot this movie's old enough that there are adults out there who have grown up with this movie, because this movie came out, what, in 2004? So it's a 15, 14-year-old movie. So yeah, anyone who was like 10 years old when this movie came out, they're in their mid-20s now. And that freaks me out, because this movie's a piece of shit. It's terrible. What? And, well, and, and well, the thing that fascinates uh, is the reason why I chose this movie as our last Christmas project of 2018 was, by all rights, this movie should totally be in my wheelhouse. Um, when I was a kid, my family, we spent a lot of time, my, 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 my parents collected antique radios and stuff like that, so we spent a lot of time in uh, antique flea market malls and stuff like that. And so I spent a lot of time as a kid, especially around Christmas time, like with like soaked in baby boomer stuff like of this era that this movie takes place in, like kind of the late 1950s, all the baby boomer Christmas music. Like when my parents and my family would go uh, hunting for a Christmas tree, would be listening to, you know, Burns and Allen and Bing Crosby in the car and shit like that. Yeah. And so I was totally stewed in mid mid-century Christmas stuff and this movie's totally nothing but like baby boomer nostalgia for that kind of thing. And it's made by the guy who made Back to the Future that which maybe the most perfect movie ever made. The screenplay for Back to the Future is one of the most efficiently written screenplays in movie history. They like they even actually teach that shit in screenwriting class cuz uh, there's nothing that happens in Back to the Future that doesn't pay off or f- uh, uh, feel the theme of the movie. It's it's there's zero fat on that screenplay. Whereas this this movie makes no fucking sense. There's entire uh, there's whole twenty minute segments of this movie that you cut out and not miss anything. It's what are you sure crazy. about that? I don't know. Which is I was watching some of the deleted scenes last night and going, oh my god, this could have been even worse. <laughs> they even oh, had no. more tangential random shit. And so between that and just, yeah, seeing this kind of get crammed down everyone's throats who's watching cable TV in the last year or two, I just like, fuck it, I just gotta finish watching, I need to sit down and actually watch this whole thing, get it out of my system, or I was gonna lose my fucking mind. Um, yeah. Now you lost your mind in a different way. 
I feel like I've been savaged by this movie. Um, this movie's flipping terrible. It is bad. Have you ever? It is really bad. Have you, what's your experience with Polar Express? Have you ever seen or heard about the book or anything at all? No. Yeah, so it's based off of. I mean, I knew it when it was a book, yeah. but I didn't. I didn't um, know shit about it. It's based off a kid's book that came out in 1985, and it's really not. It's not even really a kid's book. It's like a picture book. It's like for five-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And uh, even then, it's technically it's a 32-page book, but even among those 32 pages, like 16 of those pages are like the white p- blank pages at the beginning and start of the book. And nice. like it's really just like 12 two-page spreads. It's literally the story of just a kid who wakes up. There's already a train outside his house. He's not having any kind of... Uh, uh, f- crisis of faith about Santa Claus. He gets on the train. The moment he gets on the train that... There's only one picture that shows like a, like the train going through the woods and there's a bunch of wolves outside and then they're already in the North Pole. Santa gives them a bell and that is the end of the story. It's mm. it is if you filmed the book as it is, the movie would have been like four minutes long. So of course this is a ninety minute movie. <laughs> with this studio, that still would have been four minutes too long. <laughs> exactly. Well, that means they had to come up with like ninety six minutes worth of filler. And the filler they came up with was just fucking garbage. And that that's even aside, even if even if this had been a live action movie, it would have still been grotesque and weird and nonsensical. But I, I add on top of that, this is one of the first big fully CGI supposedly photorealistic films anyone attempted. And that technology supposedly. it didn't even look good back in the day, because even back in the day people were like, Oh, these people's creepy weird dead eyes. And it's only And the fabric doesn't work the way fabric <sighs> no, works. No, everything looks like a Dreamcast game. Mm-hmm. It's that's being generous. <laughs> yeah, Shenmue looked more realistic than this. Yeah, it's everyone's faces. I feel bad for the black girl in this movie because for some reason she seems to suffer the worst of all because her her face and cheeks are just extra plasticky. Uh, maybe it's yeah. because a bunch of white people worked on this movie and they were like, ah, well, we're close enough. We don't give a shit about actually looking at a black people. Uh, anyone with any kind of like who, who looks like a twelve-year-old black girl actually looks like. We'll just we'll just well, wing it. Well, to be fair, that's everybody. In this that movie. is kind of yeah, exactly. We're not gonna do any research. We're just gonna say fuck it. Like I guess this is how clo- fabric is supposed to move in real life. We're not gonna do it. It's just whatever. And so, yeah, the Polar Express, which. It even got more depressing because then I was doing research on YouTube and I found out that there was like real life Polar Express train tours where like people will charge money for kids to get on the Polar Express and they'll just go like go around a train track for 20 minutes and then serve them hot chocolate. That that could be based off the book, so that's all right. No, because they're singing and dancing. They're doing the hot chocolate song from this movie. Oh no! Yeah, and well, again in the book, nothing happens. They get on the train and they're suddenly in the North Pole. There's no, there's no character. There's, you know, it's not like the like. So like everything about that that train ride is about the movie because if they, if they replicated what was in the book, literally what would happen was the kids would get on the train and the next scene would be them already at the North Pole. <laughs> like like mm. yeah, um. Oh my god, and yeah, and even all that padding does nothing to flash out the book's theme about belief. Uh, turning a book that's essentially just an atmospheric tone poem into a 90-minute action-adventure Christmas movie was always going to be a tricky idea. Uh, but none of the songs or hot chocolate dances or roller coaster segments do anything if, to flesh out the main character's struggle with his belief in Santa. 
And if anything, that he spent so much time seeing so many magical things and interacting with magical people while still struggling to believe in Santa makes his personal story arc seem makes even less sense. Because by the time mm -hmm. he gets to the North Pole, you're like, how do you have a problem with like believing? If anything, you think the poor kid should be the main character of the story because he has a reason yeah. not to believe in Santa. Because he's, I guess, he's never gotten a Christmas present, which. <laughs> If you're living in a world where, okay, you've already shown that, like, Santa exists and he does give, pre like, for, even from a world-building perspective, you're like, well, then why did Santa never give this kid a present? Like, it doesn't make they... Because he's an asshole. Santa is well-established <laughs> in true. all media to be an asshole. <laughs> well, that's true. That, there's so many Christmas stories where they're always like, Chris, Santa's so great, but if you take him at face value for what he does, how he acts in the world... Like, he's an asshole, because, yeah, like, oh my, the fucking poor kid should have punched Santa Claus in the face. <laughs> there shouldn't have been, like, oh, Santa, how you doing? It should have been, fuck, where the fuck you been my whole, my, my, my whole life? She should have been, like, Molly Grew in The Last Unicorn. <laughs> now you come to me when I am this? Get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that's... We should get the show on the road, because this is... <laughs> I'm, I've yeah, already we got a lot to say. Yeah, we got a lot to say. Okay, so anyway, there's snow. It's some boring ass old any place USA and it's snowing. Yeah, it's generic it's, like it's late nineteen fifties midwestern bullshit. Christmas Eve. Yeah. And the kid the shit kid is sleeping. Is but not really. He's listening for the bells on Santa's sleigh. A sound he was afraid he might not hear. Which Maybe. becomes that's that's the big like through line through the whole story is yeah. him being able to hear sleigh bells, he, you know. He gets up and goes to the window, and I guess he's it's his first time in this house because he burns himself on the radio <laughs> like a jackass. Which I did appreciate because I actually in 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 my childhood uh, bedroom I did have a radiator like that, which I would do that sometimes if you're not paying attention. You like lean on the, you know, like yeah. It, but you have the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> That's true, exactly. But this this kid, yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, fuck this kid. He kicks some shit around his room, trying to move silently, and he freezes like nobody ever freezes when they're moving. Yeah. Well, he that's because he's computer animated. like robot stands. Yeah. Well, that's because they're all robots. That's the terrible yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and nothing happens. He goes downstairs. No presents. The cookies haven't been eaten. And, and but then he sees a Santa-like shadow oh. that somehow morphs into the shape of his sister. It literally dad. morphs. It's Santa Claus that that splits into two, and it turns mm -hmm. out his. I guess this kid decided to go to bed at like 4.30 in the afternoon because <laughs> his little sister's hopping around and like, it's like, of course Santa hasn't shown up. Wait till later, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, he watches, he goes back up to his room and watches through a keyhole that his sister says that old fuck doesn't make any sense. How can he be everywhere all the time? Yeah. It's some bullshit. But the boy goes to his dresser where he keeps a photo of him pulling off a mall Santa's beard, paper clipping of Santa's on strike, and a magazine with a kid holding a Santa outfit, a Norman Rockwell painting, it's... holding the Santa's outfit, and it's the title of The Discovery. So this fucking kid has a drawer where he keeps all of his skeptical Santa shit? I like, okay. as all kids do, I guess. I, what? Like, it's like, it's like this crime case that he hasn't been able to solve, and this is like his evidence file. Yeah. I, th again, this movie's ham-fisted way to show you, get it? He's starting to not believe in Santa. Here's all the evidence that he's accrued. You can't just take it on faith that, like, okay, maybe he's, he's like, 12 years old. He's getting to that age. Where, like, you know, most mm -hmm. kids start going, hey, this doesn't make any sense. But it's such, like, a clumsy way to do it. Do it and, like, the, 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 the only one of two musical motifs in this whole music movie starts to play. It's, like, the little, like, belief theme 
Um, yeah, that's one of the which... things that drives me nuts in this movie, too, because, like, the score is done by Alan Silvestri, who did the music for Back to the Future, and that, on top of Back to the Future itself being one of the best films of all time, Alan Silvestri's score for Back to the Future is one of the best scores of all time. And this movie, it's like he recorded two pieces of music. There's the big doo-doo-doo-doo music that happens whenever anything exciting. And whenever not, nothing exciting is happening, you've got this little belief theme, like the little bells on doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Yeah. And this starts up right here, because, like, yeah, every time fucking kid... that's right, And all the, none of the characters have names, so it's just... What did you call this kid in your notes? Is it just main kid? Yeah. That's what I called her. There's main kid, black girl. I feel bad for calling her black girl. Well, I, I just call her the girl. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Girl, really. uh, there's annoying kid. There's poor kid. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. It's fine. Um, so he goes and looks at as an encyclopedia and looks at the entry for the North Pole, which says it's all fucked up there and devoid of life. Well, that proves it. No way the magical fuck like with thousands of elves and shit. Yeah, he would have a house. It's not like... Also, and he can look that up, but he can't look up the Santa Claus entry to see that it says he's fucking fictional. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. I guess he's been too afraid to, like... He, like, he knows he's going to see the truth once, once he cracks open that entry in the, and, uh, in the book. And also there's a shot from behind the words that are just floating in this, yeah. the, the, the front of the camera now, because which starts the... The segment of this movie uh, that happens a lot is, why is it this way? Because we can. Yeah, because it's CG. I mean, Breaking Bad kind of started doing this stuff more often in live action. At least that that's kind of the first time I saw a live action production kind of doing this kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, there's a thing later where he when he picks up the bell at the North Pole, like the camera's like showing up through the ice that he's standing on. And I can appreciate why they're trying to do that. They figured, hey, we're using computer-generated imagery that gives us... We could broaden our toolbox a little bit. But, although, that's... Of all the things this movie does wrong, <laughs> that's one of the last things I would complain about. But, yeah, it's a little weird because you've got the, like, the words floating in midair between you and... and between the audience and the, and the dude, but, yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah, here uh, we... And then... <laughs> this Okay, well, shut up, Bill. No, you're fine. So, um... His parent, he hears his parents coming, runs to bed. They come in, looking like some poorly rendered garbage. They? And... You... <laughs> you had to point this out to me, because I missed this. Because every version I'd, I'd seen up until now was a relatively lower-res version, either on cable or, like, I have, a, like, a low-res, like, DVD rip. I did wind up buying this movie on iTunes just to see what it looks like in HD. And the mm -hmm. movie actually does look better. You get to see, like, there's way more texture in everyone's skin. You can see, mm. you can appreciate how this was passable in 2004 if you saw it on on a good enough screen. But this only highlights when his parents come in. However bad you think their pa his parents look when they come into that room, it is twice as horrifying on a 4K TV because <laughs> you get to see that they did not finish modeling their faces. They look like the bad guy aliens from They Live. They have these like, like white eyes without any eyelids and they're not blinking and I, I don't think they even animated their mouths they're mm. like robot people it's fuck especially the mom she's just got these white orbs with no pupils yeah. and it's just I mean I know that's one of the last things that, that was something they didn't have to work on because was, you know who's really going to pay attention unless you're a fucking idiot 15 years after this movie came out watching it on, on a 4k TV but oh my I, god but you subconsciously notice that kind of shit you pointed it out to me and I'm <laughs> Jesus anyway but okay <laughs> that's neither here nor there that's not part of the story but it's just oh yeah. oofa doofa yeah he wrote uh, so um, 
They talk about how he used to stay awake all night waiting for Santa, but the magic might be gone, which makes him be all shocked and open his eyes, but pretend to be asleep again when you kiss him goodnight and leave. Yeah. And it's only 10. It's, it's like 1030. Which yeah. is actually, falls, depending on how soon your kids usually fall asleep, that's not the worst time to start putting out the Christmas presents, but... He falls asleep. He wakes up to some strange sound at 11 p.m. and his whole room is shaking and rattling and oh shit, it's a train outside his window. He yeah. puts on his slippers, grabs his robe, ripping the pocket and spilling marbles all over the floor because we can. And then he goes outside and I think the emotion they were going for on his face is shock and wonderment, but hot damn if I it's no at all. Yeah, that's nope. one of the big things is they did not have the tech to really do like subtle facial movements, so when everyone's doing a facial, they have to kind of do do like an emoji face in order to really register whatever emotion they're doing. And this kid, he just kind of like opens his mouth and it's kind of his, his eyes are darting around a whole lot. But it's you don't get the facial tics that really register is like, oh, my God, like the shape of his face doesn't change or anything like that. Like the, the muscles in the cheeks don't move or anything like that. It's just like mm -hmm. hand puppet like. Arr! Um, yeah. actually the reveal of the train is actually one of my favorite things in the movie. One of the things I think they actually do right because it is, he goes outside and they're recreating, I guess it's uh, the main image from the book, although it's not nearly as well rendered because it's just like a chalk drawing of a train, but like, mm. it is, I do love how it shows up, but like, you just see it's like raised in this cloud of smoke and you don't even actually see what to see, what, see the train at first and suddenly like the, the smoke dissipates. And, like, there's this great brown sound that comes out that just really kind of makes the train seem kind of alien as it's being unveiled, which is kind of nice. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm shocked that it's not the main main theme music. They actually have a little bit of restraint here to kind of make the train seem spooky, and, which is funny because they're just totally ripping off the reveal of the DeLorean and Back to the Future because the Back mm. to the Future, the, the time machine's unveiled by coming out of smoke out of uh, Doc, uh, Doc Brown's uh, uh, truck. So it's kind of like that, but it's still, I, yeah, I, it's, it's one of the few real actual spooky moments in the whole thing, but yeah. So it's a train. Yeah. And it's Tom Hanks. They asks him if he's getting on because they're going to North Pole to see Sand on the Polar Express. And the kid is confused. And, uh, <laughs> by confused, so, he hey, just kind of goes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. And so the conductor uh, reads on a piece of paper that didn't didn't visit a mall Santa, didn't write a letter to him, and he made his sister put out the milk and cookies. Oh no, a child not believing anymore. Oh no. We have to get his ass to the North Pole pronto and fix him. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't want to get on the strange man's train. So the conductor says, "Sue yourself." <laughs> the train starts to leave, but he changes his mind and gets on. It's very exciting. And also, how did they make a fake? real mustache look faker than a real fake mustache he does look like he's undercover like <laughs> i i'm actually kind of shocked that tom hanks is actually as recognizable as he is considering how limited they were with the facial technology but yeah that yeah. that well that's just limitation because it's just like a cgi piece of plastic it's not like they could have they i guess they didn't have the tech at the time to render the individual hairs or anything like that so it's like a mr potato head mustache that he's wearing yeah um and, and... <sighs> this is I, I promise not to interrupt you every 10 seconds, but, like, this beginning of the film, like, the world building is part of the things that drive me, drives me nuts about this movie is... I get that the movie needed padding to justify its 90-minute uh, running time, but there's absolutely no attempt to explain why these kids are chosen for a ride to the North Pole. 
on this particular yeah, night. Yeah, just because they stopped believing. Well, I mean, no, but like, like that's... eight kids that stopped believing. But the black... the bla <laughs> I can't just call her a black girl. The But black girl's could, already the, like... The girl. The girl is already the biggest Santa Claus cheerleader there is. Um, <laughs> annoying kid, he just seems to be an ass. He just needs to learn a lesson. Well, I guess you find out at the movie that what all the lessons they needed to learn are. It's... I guess annoying kid needed to learn to like learn to calm yeah, down. Yeah, we'll get there. But like, it, there's no. I get this is a fantasy movie. It's a <laughs> we're talking about a train that just magically appeared on this residential neighborhood street where there is with the there where there would be no train tracks. But still, within like, the, yeah, there's no. You kind of have to just like like you think the the whole ever all the kids on the train would be like having a crisis of faith, but no, it's just totally random. These characters, they cook, and of course, none of these characters are in the original book aside from the main kid. And so it's just shotgunning just random character archetypes they just drop in the movie, and none of it makes any sense. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Why would you and, want to uh, pick up annoying kid for any reason? <laughs> Fuck that kid. Leave, leave yeah. him at home. Anyway, okay. Hey, did they make that snowman in his front yard wave goodbye to him? Don't you get it? It's like the, the wind from the train <laughs> makes its. its <laughs> You tell me. It's you oh, can't tell that's... because it's either the wind or it's a snowman that's suddenly coming to life saying, I'm waiting for you to come back. I'll go and get so you. Stupid. Yeah. Uh Bob Zemeckis so... try to make things this make shit look magical instead you make it fucking extra creepy. Yeah, and I know every single issue that like I'm gonna bring up in this movie, they'd probably just explain away with, well, it's a magic It's magic, dude. <laughs> That's the explanation, is all you need, that, that piece of music, yeah. Oh, this so movie. He goes, in, he goes in the train car where he sits down, and a girl stares at him for no reason. She just because her face is, is a frozen mess, and she's just like, it's like someone wearing a mask, just like, Aah. And I feel like when she smiles at him and talks to him, like, it might just be my imagination, but with this movie, who could tell? I feel like, te <laughs> I feel like her teeth change size. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there's something about her face they seem to have the hardest time with because her cheeks, her teeth, everything. There's something. Uh, uh, I guess they decided to try to put as much emotion into her because the main kid is such like a nothing. Like he spends the whole movie just kind of like. Mm. I guess she's supposed to be the most emotive character, but because the tech couldn't handle it, she's the one who kind of flies off the rails the most. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, yeah. I feel bad because, like, mm. I appreciate what they were trying to go for with that character, but yeah, they just... There's just a perfect example of they just didn't have the tech to pull it off, so it just makes it even worse. Like, yeah. So, uh, oh, then the, the know-it-all starts talking Fucking to him. Fucking Christ. And it's funny because... Asking him oh. uh, if he knows what kind of train it is. And, like, why the fuck would you have the most annoying adult actor voice just, just one Because you know who the this is. Children are... You've heard yeah. this voice before. And it's a guy from, like, who was in, like, Revenge of the Nerds 40 years ago. So this is, like, a 60-year-old <laughs> man going, Hey, I'm supposed to be a small child. <laughs> like, I know he's supposed to be kind of annoying, but did you have to make him this the most annoying yeah the, to the point where it's not just like oh cute he's the jar jar binks of this movie where it's not just like oh he's cute to the he because he's annoying the characters it's like oh fuck this character because he's actually annoying us as the audience you just want him to die um mm -hmm. and the fact that like they also use the voice actors for a lot of these kids 
as the they also did the motion capture i think that's another reason why a lot of the kids look weird in this movie too because uh adults aren't proportioned the same as kids and they don't move the same way as little kids and so when you have a 60 year old man both doing the voice and doing the motion motion capture for this character it's gonna look weird because they they're just gonna look like weird little adults shaped like shaped like children but that's getting even more of a disc it's just do you know tom hanks actually yeah. played the main kid he doesn't yeah, actually do because the voice, he gets but, he gets credit over that kid. Does he at, for over play, the actual for playing oh. for playing the boy? You think they could? He's already playing every. Which I mean, yes, Tom Hanks is gonna get higher build than that kid, but, but he's then higher build him first. as one of the other characters, and then yeah, he's he's listed as as the little boy <laughs> under the credits before, and then it scrolls down and it says voice talent by. Why they just didn't motion capture that little kid and just oh, it's probably because there's union rules. And it's easier Maybe, just the motion yeah. capture. Like, you, they, they, they could probably do, like, two hours of motion capture work for a little kid. And oh, Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yep. And so they get super hype as they go past a department store with a mechanical Santa in the window. This train was rolling through downtown. Yeah. And But the Santa has a big, fat gear hanging out of his back, which is it's just a fucking terrible design. Not only is it dangerous, you could have just made that Santa a little fatter to hide the gear. Hey, guess what? That Santa Claus is a perfect fucking symbol for what this movie is. <laughs> where it's trying to be right. It's it's the shitty robot that's trying to charm you, and that kid's reaction to to that uh, to that robot Santa Claus is exactly my reaction to this movie. Where I'm like, I can see where they're going for, but fuck this thing. They fucked it up. How how could you design this so fucking badly? Yeah. Oh my! It's a perfect metaphor for what the Polar Express yeah. is, is. Is that then- shitty Santa Claus robot? Uh, and the main boy shakes his head like, Dude, that fucker f- isn't real. Yeah. No proof. You asshole. <laughs> you're on a mat. You're on a magic train running through a completely vacant downtown in the middle of the city with no on no tracks. Stop being so skeptical. Why are you being an asshole? The, yeah, especially the way he kind of clicks his tongue. Like, and that's actually one of the best emotive moments in the movie. But it's also one of the ones that kind of undermines his own personal journey the most. Because like, well, I, yeah. I can't this fucking that robotic Santa is not the real Santa. I can't <laughs> Did he think it. that was actual the real Santa? Like just hanging out stuck in a window? shopping mall at midnight? Like help me get out! I'm gonna die! Oh, <laughs> it's just a robot. Oh, that piece of shit tricked me again. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Bob Zemeckis, so, he lost his goddamn mind with this shit. Yeah. Oh Jesus. So Tom Hanks comes in yeah. to punch people's tickets. And the boy, oh no, the boy has a hole in his pocket. His ticket's not in there. Oh, he should check his other pocket. Oh, it's in there. Problem solved. Yeah, of course. And then the conductor spends 20 minutes using a hole puncher on the ticket. And this goes on. Because we can. Like, like I was talking about Back to the Future so tightly paced. They they draw out this like ticket punching shit for so long. And they try to make it cute by like it like, making it snow the the, 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 the ticket punches on yeah, the it kid. Landing on him his lip and him trying to blow it off, which looks horrible. That, again, because they can't handle the animation, it just looks weird. Like, yeah, they could have just cut this down a little bit and just made uh, yeah. Ugh. And then um he has a B E on his ticket and the know it all has an L E on his ticket. I hadn't finished the movie yet when I wrote this note. If these fucking tickets <laughs> spell out believe at the end of this movie, I will kill a yep. motherfucker. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I did not. Ex- 
expect that the, the annoying kids ticket would turn out to spell lesbian though. That that was pretty. <laughs> yeah, that was a twist. Turns out this is a six-year-old girl. <laughs> He's like, "How did you know?" <laughs> wow, you you awoke something in me I didn't understand. Thank you so much. So oh, they go to the other side of the tracks. So they call it out as saying, "Hey, we're going to the other side." <laughs> I of the love track. that the annoying kids like, "We're going to poor town!" Yay! Yeah. Where they try to pick up a poor kid. He doesn't want to get on, so the train starts to leave, but then he chases it. He doesn't make it, so the main boy pulls the emergency brake, and the poor kid gets on. Yeah. And then the conductor yells at him, they're on a tight schedule and shit, even though they can stop time. And the girl says, hey, he did it to help that kid get on the train. And he's like, oh, you're dead? Oh, okay. Two Never of, mind. Actually, two of my favorite bits of uh, uh with, with the conductor are this, and later when he, uh, he gets a, what? He gets angry or something, something about the hot chocolate. And when the situation mm. explained to him, he goes, oh, okay. Which I do actually like. It seems kind of weirdly inconsistent, but I do like there, there's these two moments in the film where the conductor seems like he's going to be threatening, but then he's just like, oh, once the situation explained to him, which I guess you could just explain away. He's just freaked out because the train is late and he's just like, he's not really paying attention. But I do like, he's like, yeah, okay. He's sensible enough that when, yeah, when everything's explained to him, he just calms down. Yeah. Like, which I actually do think is kind of funny and pretty cute, but... Um, and the, the poor kid doesn't sit with everybody else. He goes to hangs out in the no caboose reason. all by himself. Because to, to justify all the action scenes later that will require people like jump over the coupler from one train to the other, it's, there's absolutely... I guess you could explain it away as a character thing because he's shy and he's poor and he's dressed in shabby clothes. He does, he's, he's, a little, you know, he's, he's always going to be on the fringe because he doesn't want to get made fun of the other kids. But like... The train is empty enough. He could just sit, like, in an empty booth on the back of the train or something like that. To go into, like, back where it's, like, cold doesn't even seem like it's heated or anything like that. Why even bother getting on the train if you're just going to sit on the last empty thing? And, like, even as he's watching all the sound and dance thing about hot chocolate in the other room, he's not going to get up and be like, I actually, actually use some hot chocolate. It's just the most... And this starts the sad sack voyage of that fucking poor kid. I want to punch him in the fucking <laughs> face. Because he... They went out of his way to design him to, to be such the sad sack... Yeah, I'm a little poor kid. You know, what's the episode of The Simpsons with Papa Homer? You are so learned. That's uh, the Pepe. The, um, yeah, it's the bigger brother or something. Yeah, because the that they, company's called. They make such a meal in The Simpsons that the character being so poor. He made fun of me for my shabby clothes. Maybe that's not the same episode, but that like this this poor kid in this movie is the living embodiment of that Pepe. Like I am so poor, I do not know, and I just. He's such a pathetic piece of shit. I just want to fucking beat his ass. Like, it rounds that, it rounds the, the, the corner from, like, being sympathetically kind of like, ooh, to, like, up, oh, kid, you're just too fucked up to live. You need to go. And one of my favorite fuck-ups in the movie is uh, his arms, when he's running after the train to get on it, for some reason, get super long. And he looks like, what's what's the ape from Donkey Kong 64 with the funny face, the, with the super long arms? He looks like, whenever this character runs in the movie, because it happens, maybe I'm just projecting, maybe his arms don't actually, but... Oh, no, I'm sure they get long. I, there's something, I don't know if it's because... Because there's a, there's a point where he dolphin dives later in the movie, and it looks fucking terrible. Yeah, running later when they're at the North Pole, his arms, he, like, his arms, like, his, like, hands are was down by his ankles. Like, it's just the weirdest thing. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, we gotta go. Oh, oh yeah, we gotta get to this <laughs> we gotta chug scene. On, yeah. Oh, I know, I know that poor kid looks like the bad guy at the end of Robocop. His arms are so long. Yeah. <laughs> The conductor asks if anybody's Here we thirsty. Go. 
and then five minutes of the most confusing, <laughs> unnecessarily, terribly animated bullshit happens. <sighs> oh, hot chocolate. Hey, hot chocolate, <laughs> we got one rule. Never ever let it cool. I appreciate them trying to put on a show for the kids. But oh, and all all these kids suck at drinking it too. They're getting it all over their faces. That's whatever charm was in this musical segment is is wiped away at the end when all the kids have a dirty Sanchez. And again, <laughs> the technology that, is oh, not up to show like it's like liquid hot that, chocolate. It looks like dry shit on their lips. The <laughs> animation is so terrible. Yeah, they motion captured the fuck out of it, but they didn't go in and tweak the animation to make the torsos move in a believable well, way, that's or give the faces any motion on these dudes. It's a disaster. Yeah, like the dudes, like the waiters don't seem to have any wrists. Like the way they hold their hands, they they look like like Grand Theft Auto characters on the PlayStation Two because they don't have any finger movement. They're all just like have mm -hmm. oven mitt hands. And, uh, you know, for some reason, also they, just drives me nuts that they tap dance on a carpeted floor, too, which reason, like, just that from that perspective, well, also, me nuts. when they're tap dancing, when they're first coming in, there's a lot of clapping happening, and nobody's, nobody's clapping. Nobody's clapping, yeah, just the sound design does not match up with what's, what you're seeing on the screen. And, and all their faces look like, well, this is my job, I guess I gotta do it. Yeah. Well, and it's terrible, too, because I was looking at the making up features, and they actually showed, they actually did have, like, five guys, like, actually doing this whole tap dance sequence for the motion capture. But in the movie, it looks like they only had, like, the motion capture for one guy and just copied it, like, a bunch of times. And also, yeah. the, the, the actual dancers they hired for the sequence were, like, a whole bunch of different, there was, like, a black guy, a couple Latin guys. And in, in the finished film, it's just the one mo character model just pho photocopied five times, which makes everything just, like, that much more artificial it's just mm -hmm. it's just not good it's I, I appreciate what they're doing and actually my favorite moment in the whole movie is when the conductor slides at his at, on his knees at the camera and says and that makes hot chocolate that cracks me up that actually generally mm. i think that's great but then you pointed out that is quickly followed by <laughs> yeah so as they're all leaving that car they're flipping because when they came in they flipped all the chairs around so the kids were facing each other yeah and put magic tables in between them that they could drink their hot chocolate off of and the, the the girl takes one and hides it under her seat so she gets two yeah and as they're all leaving they're rotating the seats back around <laughs> flipping them and they're rotating and they're like booth seats um so they're rotating it and the last one just clips right through the conductor as he's standing there. Just literally goes through his legs. Well, and for like three or four frames, you can see the booth inside yeah. of the conductor. And also, like, if 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 you're of a to if you're of a specifically terrible mind, he's kind of jittering because I guess the motion capture of Tom Hanks was him kind of like just tapping his foot to the end of the song. But mm -hmm. the, the 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 finished version of the conductor, he just looks like he's kind of having a stroke. And <laughs> Because like th there's th the seat is positioned at his waist with a kid at his crotch, it almost looks like he's getting a blowjob from a kid while he's like, <laughs> and then it spins around, clips through his waist, and it just looks yeah, it's a goddamn mess. And uh, like, I, I I know they they probably said ah, it goes by fast enough, nobody's gonna notice that, but no, come have a little pride. There's in your an work. even more egregious technical error. I'll I'll point when they get when they get to the North Pole. There's something even worse, which I should have even pointed out to mm. you, so you could have seen it for yourself before we recorded. But um, I might have noticed it. I don't know. But so, oh, I should one note before they do actually do the uh, hot chocolate number. Um, the the conductor asks everyone to take their seats, and then he gets mm -hmm. on the mic and he says thank you. But he says thank you in a way that it sounds just like the hobo. And there's mm. one or two times in this movie where they kind of make it seem like the hobo well, and the conductor so, are kind of like connected somehow. And just the so fact Tom that he goes, Hanks. he goes, 
Thank you. I thought it was kind. Of, I didn't know if that was an actual, if they were, if he was intentionally well, trying to sound like the hobo, or if that hit him just like not being able to get his character straight. But I, I like Tom Hanks. Yeah, I like Musical Tom Hanks actor. too. That's the other thing that I love Tom Hanks. So, but That's, shut up. Okay. <laughs> so, but okay. the thing is, in this movie, he's playing the dad. He's playing the little boy as a grown up who starts to tell the story at the start. Yeah. He plays Santa Claus. He plays the conductor. He plays the hobo. He probably plays some other characters we don't know about. But the thing about Tom Hanks is, he doesn't do voices. He's so Tom Hanks. Yeah, it's, it's Tom Hanks, just with a slight inflection on his voice. At least I haven't seen it, and I never want to. At <laughs> least with A Christmas Carol, Jim Carrey can do a lot of different voices that sound distinct from each other. Yeah, I, Tom Hanks I've, just sounds like Tom Hanks. Like, there's a scene where the hobo is puppeteering an Ebenezer Scrooge puppet. And the other user Scrooge puppet says something, and it just sounds like Tom Hanks just yelling at someone. It's not even like yeah. a voice of Tom Hanks, and and even then they're not even consistent because the two train engineers aren't Tom Hanks. Like I yeah. can see if they were doing something where we're like, okay, maybe this is a kid's dream, and so all of the characters in the in the story are just like a fragment or a reflection of the of the main kid's psyche or something like that. But no, even even when using Tom Hanks as most of the characters, they they're not consistent about it enough. So you're just well, like, so it, then you're wondering like, why are only certain characters obviously it, Tom Hanks? It feels like they wanted to save money because yeah. the lady who that played his mom is the same lady that motion captured the daughter. Really. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I don't know if it's his daughter or his wife or something. It's somebody Zemeckis. I think this movie would have been helped me- as much as I fucking love Tom Hanks. As much as I love him, I think this movie would have been helped measurably if they had just different characters for all the do- all different actors for all the char- characters. Like yeah. I could see maybe if they just kept like Tom Hanks as the conductor and the hobo, and that was it, and they could and like. But everything else, it's just so distracting, and yeah, it's. I, I appreciate them taking a gamble on that, but yeah, Tom Hanks just doesn't have the range to pull it off, and they're not yeah. good enough with the technology to cover up the fact that it's always Tom Hanks, and so you've got multiple Tom Hankses sounding like Tom Hanks and not being able to emote enough to really cover up the fact that it's Tom Hanks, and it's, yeah, it just doesn't work, but anyway, yeah. So they they take chocolate. all the hot chocolate away, and then that scene ends. <laughs> That's this and, movie oh, in so, a nutshell, that scene ends, yeah. Yeah, and... and so the know-it-all kid relaxes back in his chair with a hot chocolate all over his face, and no thank you to him licking his lips. No. What the fuck kind of lizard tongue did they give this you kid? You got a sixty-year-old man voicing oh, this robot kid so licking the bad. shit off his lips. It's like CGI tongues are really hard to do, and they did not <laughs> do it. No, it's this. I think that's the first time watching this movie. I saw that scene, and I was like. Oh no, that's it's kind of repulsive and like kind of very caveman kind of like no ew, no Bill it is way. not kind of repulsive it is repulsive it is, yeah it's hmm. I'm I'm surprised so, they they only could have made it worse if they had like a slick wetting sound of his tongue going yeah yeah ugh, yeah so so the girl's gonna take the hot chocolate that she hid under her chair back to the poor kid but the know it all is like no you need an adult you can't travel between cars it's dangerous. And then the conductor's like, fuck it, let's go pour it down his throat and pour the fuck out of him. <laughs> then we can <laughs> shit on his face. Oh, this is the other moment where I was saying I actually did appreciate, because, like, he's this step up, and they do present it as a moment, like, like the conductor's going to beat the shit out of this poor girl. But no, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, let's go take him hot chocolate. The better question is, like, don't take him hot chocolate. Go get the kid and bring him in here. Like, well, yeah. also... And we're going to get this whole thing about, like, why... Especially, like, the only way to get from one car to another is these icy couplers... 
Uh, we're well, going to get into this. There's this whole, the whole next half hour of this movie makes... Oh, uh, yeah, anyway, go ahead. So, so they go back to the caboose where the kid is. And this fucking dumbass white boy <laughs> sees that her ticket is sitting on her chair. And he's like, oh, no, I have to take it to her. It's safer Why? in my... What, yeah. what fucking logical reason is there that you would think she'd need her ticket when she's obviously coming back there to sit down? You think she's going to hang out with the poor kid? Nobody wants to hang out with him. He stinks. Yeah, so take the ticket out onto the windy precipice between the cars because it's safer there than just on the fucking... Oh, my God. Yeah. And even if she needs her ticket, she'll say, the, she'll tell the conductor, oh, I left it on my seat. Yeah. Let's go. And he'll be like, oh, well, let's go get it. But no, this morning has to grab it and open the doors between the cars where it's windy as fuck and the couplers are all just exposed and he gets it blown out of his hand. And this is not how wind works. No. This is how so, wind works in Robert's <laughs> Mechas Forest Gump world works. But This hot damn <sighs> ticket starts blowing around in place as all the wind just whips <laughs> past him as he grabs at it like a, just a, a spazzing toy that just freaking out a Jar Jar Binks mechanical <sighs> dancing toy yeah. and then it blows faster than the train is moving blowing ahead of it so he can run forward and try to grab it out of the window before it blows off into the distance what the fuck and then the ticket lands on the ground where about 20 wolves Copy pasted, run past it, <laughs> and make about? it flutter back into the air where Bald Eagle grabs it and flies down a waterfall because we can. And then this stupid ass bird is like, Well, this must be food. It tastes like food and gives it to its baby. And the baby goes <laughs> and makes a spitting out sound effect. It rolls down a hill, turns into a snowball, hits the top of a tunnel, explodes. The snowball does, and then it un uncrinkles, falls under the train, lands on a hobo's face, <laughs> flies back before getting sucked back inside the car as the conductor and the girl re-enter. And then it gets sucked onto a vent where we get to spend five minutes watching it flip or flop around as the conductor, girl, yeah. and boy have a conversation about how she left it on our chair. But then he was an asshole and threw it outside. This is the moment the movie really officially goes off the rails because this is where the movie just gives a stop officially stops giving a fuck about telling any kind of actual story and is obviously just becomes a fucking tech demo. It's just... It's just I, I know fucking Bob Zemeckis, he got lots of accolades for the floating feather in Forrest Gump that bookends that movie, but then he was like, oh yeah, Polar Express, we need like a five-minute segment that's completely devoid of any of the characters. It's just a Disney California Adventure soaring ride of just watching this ticket fly through the air, and it's just fucking nothing. Um, he... In the making of features, he justified the whole existence of the scene by the fact that there's one... As I mentioned before in the book, the kid just gets on the train and suddenly he's in the North Pole with only one interstitial scene being just a picture of the Polar Express going through the woods with some uh, wolves uh, watching it. Mm -hmm. Which is, they recreate... That's the whole reason there's a little wolf thing, because they recreate that panel uh, pr actually pretty well. But... That's not a justification. You could no, that could have just, just been had... an establishing shot. Yeah. You don't build a five minute fucking roller coaster sequence about just like, oh my god, what's gonna happen with them? And just, oh my god, fucking movie. And it just, and, I mean, on top, I mean, of course, you could pick it apart too. Like how how did the train just suddenly go in a big loop where like the ticket would just land back right back on the train or something like that? But even then, it's just this is you're totally you're taking a five minute break from the story. 
just to do a tech demo. It's really him just showing off, like, and especially, I guess you got, to, like, as a filmmaker, you get kind of tired of, like, most of the movie taking place on this train, so you want to open up the world a little bit and show, like, oh, we're going to have, like, waterfalls and stuff like that. But from a, just the script writing and especially for a kid's movie like you want to stay with the characters this is a to this is totally a perfect bathroom break moment in the film well they, that you obviously don't care about the characters that's what i'm saying fucking give them names <sighs> i'm sure the justification for that was like well we won't give them names so that way everyone can kind of project themselves onto the kids although yeah. but then they also give the ki poor kid a name billy they're not even again but the, i could see the justification of that but even then they're not consistent because oh my god Anyway, so, fuck this movie. This yep. this is so, so ineptly have, made. Yeah. Yeah. They have a conversation about how she didn't lose the ticket because the conductor's like, oh, I forgot to punch your ticket. And she's like, I left it on my chair. It's not here. And he's like, you lost it? And he's like, she didn't lose it. I did. But they have no emotions on any of their monster mash faces when yeah. they're doing this. This is one of the things and, where, like, if, if you actually had flesh and blood Tom Hanks and flesh and blood kids, like, their acting could have, like, really pulled this material off because they're robots. Yeah. It's just fucking just bullshit. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So the conductor says, well, now, she will have to come with me, and they go back to the caboose. And then the know-it-all says, ah, oh, that, that fool's gonna throw her off the train, like she's fucking Mama Fratelli. And then, after they leave, the boy notices the ticket in the vent and grabs it. And then he gives chase, running past the husk of a human, the poor boy is just sitting there. Yeah. And he asks where they went, the kid just stares at him, and then looks up at the roof, and we see, there's a spotlight up there that shows their silhouettes on, like, the side of a wall that they're going past. I guess they're walking and past he, the spotlight that just happens on top guess, of the car. I guess, yeah. Because, like, if that's just the light from, from the conductor's uh, lantern, that's not how light works, but yeah. Nope. So he climbs on top of the cars and chases the light, trudging through the snow, which totally would have gotten blown off the top of the train but whatever um well the bigger question is what is the conductor doing to this kid oh no yeah we'll talk we'll about talk it about it yeah but yeah yeah so we we meet a hobo playing a hurdy-gurdy which i do like and, yeah after yeah, playing like sea of thieves but, <laughs> yeah uh, well i do like he's singing uh sir wenceslas too which is actually one of my favorite uh christmas carols but anyway the the hobo and he's like, the kid's like, he's looking for a girl, and the hobo makes a great joke. Hey, we all had, and then he fake laughs. And then he tells him to, he's like, I gotta get her the ticket. And he says, oh, put that shit in your shoe, it'll never come out. So he puts his shit in his shoe. And then the hobo asks the kid what he thinks about Santa, and he wants to believe, but the hobo says, you don't want to make a fool of right? And the kid says, are we going to the North Pole? And the hobo responds with, aren't we? And he's saying, are you saying this is all a dream? You said it, kid, not me. It's a great conversation. It's just, yeah, it's just logic going around in circles. Um, so they, yeah. They get ready to find the girl. And the hobo asks the kid if he believes in ghosts. He shakes his head no. And the hobo says, interesting, and leaves. So the kid Tran tries to wake up because he thinks it's a dream. Yeah, he's pinches himself, pinching yeah. and dumping his face in the snow. And then the hobo comes back with a miner's lamp on his hat and uh, skis. And the kid climbs on his back. They start to go up a hill on the train. The kid almost dies falling off the back of the train, but grabs on the hobo's ski stick. And then the train goes down a hill and they ski down them. How exciting. So the hobo tells the kid to jump when he says jump. And then he vanishes in thin air, telling him to jump. 
He looks around for a couple of seconds and then jumps into a coal train and climbs out without a fucking hot damn coal mark on his fucking perfect little white. <laughs> that body. is weird. That like I I I don't know if it was a tech demo or are they just too afraid to like make the kid look dirty or what. But yeah. Yeah. So the girl is there in the engine. They put her in charge. So that's her. Yeah. So rather than go forward on the train and go through the cars normally to get to the front. They went out the caboose, climbed the ladder, and walked along the top in the wind and the snow to get to the engine? Yeah. Why? The conductor said, hey, you know what, little girl who's only dressed in your pajamas? We're not even quite sure if you have shoes on. We're going to make <laughs> you walk the length of these 20 train cars on top of the snow in the, <laughs> in the wind well, that you could easily get thrown off the top of this train. Oh, my God. To be yeah. fair. Sometimes it's three train cars. Sometimes it's twenty. It, yeah, it literally there's, goes there's from no five to twenty depending on the shot. Yeah, it's so... yeah. I, I it's I, this again with the hobo. I don't know why they just didn't get Tom Waits to play this character because yeah, uh, the, the Tom Hanks is terrible at pretending to be anyone else. Oh, they do kind of like the Tom Waitsy affectation he's doing. Again, one of my favorite moments in the movie is when he's pretending uh, to be the mall Santa for a moment. He kind of like waves his arms up in the air and goes, ho, 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 What's just, I just picture what Tom Hanks was to look like in the actual motion capture studio, and that makes me laugh more than the actual finished product. Yeah, but product. It, it goes on for like 10 it seconds goes, too long. Yeah, oh, that, that's like <laughs> everything in this movie. It could have been cut down by half and would have been way better. And... Oh god, this is there's another roller coaster sequence. Oh, it's the whole well, roller coaster sequence with the skiing Now hold thing. on, Bill. It's So they showed her how to drive the train at because the, both of them had to go up to the front. The two uh train engineers had to go up to the front to change the light bulb on the front of it. Yeah, and you got these two characters it, who only exist for this segment of the film too. I guess this is our comic relief in the movie. Yeah, and because it's a fat guy who keeps pulling the thin guy's long red beard and making him scream. Oh, so funny. Yeah, it's they get the light in, and somehow in the distance they yell to they see something and yell to stop the train. And the kids somehow hear them yelling to stop the train, even though they're fucking train, literal train car length in front of them. And the kids, uh, this fucking shit little boy starts <laughs> second guessing the girl when she's like, this is the break. They told me this is the break. And he's like, no, what about this one? This one's red. It's gotta be the break, right? Yeah, he necks her out pretty he, hardcore, yeah. He, yeah. And she, he berates her enough that she just covers her face with her hands. Great going, man. Of course, this is the white kid story. Is, so, is the, so we is can the, get his yeah to doubt his, the black girl and to like que into questioning her basic reality. Yeah. So we can get his proud hero moment where he pulls the brake. The one that <sighs> she had pointed out was the brake. Shockingly, she was right. Can you tell a white baby boomer old man made this fucking movie? Yeah. And the train stops uh, just before they slam into some caribou. Caribou. Thousands and thousands of caribou. And the the king, the good, oh good, the conductor's back. They need to rant and rave angrily about why they've stopped, only to calm down once he finds out there's a shit ton of caribou. They should have gone. Yeah, there's the thousands of them, on, on millions of them, yeah. because we can. But don't worry, it's easily solved by them yanking on the thin driver's beard and making him scream, which makes the caribou scream because I made me scream. They could have cut that, all this out. That is enough for the caribou to move. 
just him going ow 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 making horrible faces at the camera it's awful yeah this scene was really neat these characters it's terrible are, and, the, and i hate the it the conductor and or not the conductor the uh uh the two engineers, engineers are just totally fucking worthless um, I guess there was originally a seven-minute deleted scene where they had a whole oh. song and dance number in oh. between their argument about whether or not the, which which lever is supposed to pull the track, where which also ended with this lengthy shadow puppet show about how there used to be a hobo who used to try to like sneak onto the Polar Express so he could ride up to the North Pole for free, and was killed when he didn't get off the top of the train in time before he hit Flat Top Mountain. Good gravy. And so they have this whole elaborate backstory for the hobo on top of this like long song and dance number about how you gotta work together, because we work together. Also, in the original version of, uh, I guess, an earlier cut in the movie, the the, the, the two engineers, because they're, I guess they're brothers, they're twins, they all spoke at the same time with the same voice. Uh, and so everything they said was like two people saying the same thing at the same time. And it's just, you could, it's one of the few smart choices they made in cutting all that shit out. But still, just even the stinky remnants of what those two characters are yeah. are still, still in, in the a, film. Yeah. In a movie full of bad choices, how bad were the choices that they said, nah, that's not Even them, work. they're like, even, even us, the creators of the Polar Express, this is too much. That's, yeah, it tells you how bad the original scene was, but yeah, So the anyway. train starts moving again, while the music tries to tell you that this moment is very magical. <laughs> yes, which but, it does every oh, five no. minutes. Oh my god. The train is going too fast because the cotter pin popped out of the throttle. And we have to spend 15 minutes watching it bounce around as the drivers try to grab it as yeah. the train flies, even though it's one of the most unnecessary roller coaster tracks in history. And, well, they only have the conductor and the two kids on the front of the train. Why why they just don't go back into the train is never explained. Fucking you need them there to justify the first-person shots of mm -hmm. the train going up and down this roller coaster. And what <laughs> it is the most lazily justified shit imaginable, and this goes on for five minutes of the train <laughs> going up and down and zero G in the in the engineering cabin, it's, and it's got that hilarious scene where the fat guy swallows the cotter pin. But don't worry, the other one's using another cotter pin to hold his long <laughs> and he hair under remember. his hat. Oh, you know what? In the deleted song and dance number, uh, there's a bit where the uh, skinny engineer lights the farts of the fat engineer. So this this mm. movie could have been just it could have actually scraped bottom. But it barely missed doing that. Just uh, yeah. Anyway, stop this comedy train. I want to get off. No, please, God. let me off. There's the, still an hour. I this I life. hate this poo poo train. It's oh, God. It's oh, so bad. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Do, and, do, and now I accidentally. Do, do, All right. Do, do, do. Believe <laughs> you gotta believe in the magic of Christmas, Daniel. No, I, I accidentally went back in my browser, so while my notes load back up, I'm gonna make a pee pee. Bill rant about how terrible this movie this is. This like, movie is no good. It's there's also the whole thing about belief. Like they kill this movie at the end because the whole belief functions on the lack of proof of whatever you're believing in. That's the whole point of belief. And the fact that this, uh, the movie ends with a picture of Santa Claus and the bell, it's just so clumsy. Like, even the main theme that they're trying to bring to life in this film is just badly done. It's so weird that Bob Zemeckis, who once upon a time made a couple of good films, just got so hoodwinked into this weird desire for CGI motion pictures and people. Like, he just came up with this new movie called Welcome to Marwin, which, again, 
everyone's saying that like you could see what he was going for, but his his ambition to have like Welcome to Marwin is this movie about this guy who got beat up and then he builds this little doll community. And so the whole movie kind of like has all these actors photoshopped onto dolls and it's all creepy okay. and everyone's like this movie's terrible and Robert Zemeckis did it again by making a creepy movie with CGI puppet people. I'm sorry, I'm ranting about Welcome to Marwin. Have you heard about oh, that? that's fine. Um, no. That's a new movie by Bob Zemeckis that literally I mean, came out this week as we're recording this, and everyone's like, what is this creepy bullshit because it's CGI puppet people again. Oh, good. Yeah, anyway. What? What, what is... What? Why? I don't... He know, this doesn't work. He has to know it doesn't he's work. He's been doing it for, for, for 15 years now, and it's it never worked. Mars needs moms. No, it don't. It means it's Bob, Bob Zemeckis to stop making movies. Anyway, I'm glad you got a chance to pee. Yeah, I did too. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the train goes over some ice, which is frozen over the track, and you're telling me that they went over, just went all over these huge roller coaster looking ramps and shit and bridges and whatnot. But they couldn't build the tracks high enough so they didn't get covered with this ice? Fuck you. you it's presumably they have to go through this every year because if the tracks are built underwater and they're <laughs> yeah. always going up in December, like, this is not the first time they've had to, uh, they've had this situation happen. Yeah, and our, it's called a fucking bridge. Like, what the fuck? Uh, I mean, I know heroes. that's not the point. It's just, it's just an excuse to have more action-adventure stuff, but oh my god, yeah. Our heroes almost fall off the front of the train, but they all grab each other, and the hobo helps the boy pull the back on before vanishing into dust while pointing at them like, Yeah, you the, you the man. Yeah. And then the, the, the engineers get it fixed, but oh no, the train is backwards, and the ice is cracked, and it started heading straight for them. Then they do some train drifting on the tracks. Yeah, the conductor's like, like telling throwing... the, the engineer to go, okay, turn left, turn right, turn left. He's trying to get which it like, straight now. And he's like using the brakes of the throttle to make the train turn, which isn't how trains work. Yeah. In, in any form. But what the fuck ever? Who cares? I'm just the more fundamental belief that this sequence doesn't need to exist at all, but like, the, yeah, we, even when you get down to the smaller details, it's just like, yeah. Just... Yep. Yeah. And then they. For some reason, the boy's shoe comes off, so he and the girl could almost lose their ticket again, but they grab it at the same time together. Oh, I didn't the even dramas. notice that. Oh, I wonder the if that would have... Well, it's probably because you were covering your face from fear for how intense this scene is. I didn't realize them grabbing the ticket together, that may be a remnant from, like, the, the, the engineer singing a song about how you have to do stuff together or something like that. Yeah. Mm. God damn, this fucking movie. <laughs> Also, it sounded like uh -huh. there's a sound. I don't know if you made it or I made it, but it went toot toot. <laughs> it sounded like me. an actual train, yeah. I My got scared because I'm rewatching the movie as we're talking about it. I was like, oh, <laughs> is the Polar Express here for me? It'd be great if I just threw down my headphones and said, I'll see you later. I'll be back in a week. Tom mm, Hanks is here I for me. I wouldn't get on that train. I would just to like, well, I've got plot. Murder some elves. I've got plot armor since I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm main boy, so nothing mm. really bad could happen to me. Other other so, kids may get fucked up, but anyway. The train They line a train up with a big ravine they're coming up to, and the music tells us it, that's a magic thing. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the, the, that'll end. Yeah. The, the, the conductor punches the little girl's ticket. She got an L.E. on hers, just like the know-it-all boy. It is a nice and moment then, where, like, they're like, oh my god, we found a ticket. And I do like how the conductor pops up out of the train and be like, someone found her ticket. Uh, that's a cute, that's a very Tom Hanks moment I like. It was, it was mm -hmm. actually comedically done well. Yeah. So the train climbs a hill. Music tries its hardest <laughs> to sound like Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. 
I, you know, I think I think it sounds like Elf, and the Believe theme sounds like uh, of all things Davy Jones's uh, theme from this uh, the, the 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 second and third parts of the Caribbean movies. But that's neither here nor there. Mm. But then anyway. So, the conductor tells them about how he almost fell off the train once, but was saved maybe by a magical hobo. I don't know. What a what a mystery. Oh, they this is also night? happening as the as the train is climbing up a big spiral hill. Yeah. Um, did you notice that the train cars are bending? Like clay yeah. putty, like because the train cars, yeah. it gets so narrow at the top. There's no way they could actually stay on the tracks unless the cars actually bent like they were made out of clay, which I think is funny because it is a magic train. That's one of the things I'm yeah. not bitching about because like, hey, I wonder if it's one of those things they didn't anticipate when they were making the film. Like once they started rendering, they're like, OK, this actually doesn't this isn't going to work the way we designed it unless we have the train cars bent. And they said, fuck it, let's make the train cars bend. So, yeah, anyway, yeah. I'm done. so they enter the nightmare car. <laughs> Oh! With shitty broken toys everywhere. Why do they enter the night? Is 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 that nightmare <laughs> car between the engineering car and the rest of the tr What? I guess, yeah. And I guess Santa wants to take the demon toys back and refurbish them so they don't look like Satan's asshole anymore. Oh, God, this is fucking... Because this is all this mid-century rotted out toys and shit. Yeah, I guess this is like the first train car right after the, the coal car, I guess. They, um, they leave the boy behind in there and a Scrooge for no reason, it, they so just leave yelling at him. Yeah. And the hobo's controlling it, and he runs back and is back in the stupid kid's car. That scene ends. What the fuck was the point of that car? It's just because that's the moment the fucking Bob's Mech is like, I need to make a, a fucking Scrooge movie someday. And then, it's, and this, I made a whole big so note pointless. about this is the part where, like, the, the conductor's voice sounding just like Tom Hanks just didn't work for me. And I just made a big note about how, like, you could tell he was going for, Bob Zemeckis was going for a Wizard of Oz thing where, like, having multiple characters play different, multi, like, mm. uh, I, 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 we talked about that anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bob. So, yeah, that's fine. Uh, we got to so, get to the good song. We will return to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer after these messages. What if there was a place beyond your imagination? And to get there, all you have to do is believe.
one thing about trains. It doesn't matter where they're going. What matters is deciding to get on. Missing, Colleen Arsborn, now age 16, last seen Daytona Beach, Florida, March 15, 1984. Call 800-843-5678. We now return to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm, the know-it-all tries to talk to the, the main boy, but the main boy sees the girls with the poor kid and goes back to join her. And he's singing outside, watching the tracks behind them. About Santa must be busy, because that old fat fool never shows up at his house. He sucks ass. But then the girl starts singing with him, and her lyrics are, are like, completely counted to him. She's like, fucking Christmas is awesome. Santa brings me all the gifts. And he's like, Santa never comes and sees me. And she's like, fuck you, Santa's, but... Oh, he's so good. You can tell that this it's is their... such a weird song. Well, also the fact that no one else sings in the rest of the movie, but now they choose this movie moment. They're like, okay, suddenly it's a musical for five minutes, but never again for the rest of the film. This is totally their, like, a stab at an Oscar bait song. But it makes... Uh, uh, it's also way too short. But it makes so sense, because, yeah, the poor kid is just... This is the first time you hear the poor kid speak in the whole movie. And he's just, yeah. like, singing, I'm poor, Santa never gave me anything. And, yeah, the black girl comes out. I'm sorry, reiterate just what you said but it's still flabbergasting this is how they constructed the, their oscar bait song is her coming out saying santa's cool because he gives me a bunch of cool shit and that's the song and that's yeah. how it ends and that's that's the whole that's their entire interaction because usually if you're trying to write a write a great song like you're gonna have an exchange of ideas or maybe have one character change the mind of another character no this is just him saying man christmas sucks because i'm poor and she's like man ain't christmas great because i'm not poor and that's <laughs> and the main kid is just like watching this shit happen like what the hell is happening here yeah um, and they, they it, this lets them bond yeah and now they're reason. all friends because they all, they can all agree that Christmas you, is totally a mess if you're poor yeah. but not for rich people so I don't know what the fuck's happening yeah and then the, the poor kid says what's your name and the, the main kid says fuck that I'm not telling you you fools my name I don't want you guys hunting me down after we're off this train this is what's <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas it's you know one clever so, thing I did like was while she's singing there's the red light off the top of the back of the train that actually reflects off the snow to kind of create like the like the Christmas shit that's flying in the sky as they're talking mm. I thought that was kind of just visually clever but that's the only part of the song that just the fucking Christ Polar Express you can't do anything right yeah the song ends and the northern lights are there the conductor comes back and tells them they're in the arctic circle and there's the north pole off in the distance yeah. and now there's a song about the polar express because you need a super upbeat song right after the sad sack santa never brings me shit song do you think the kid is the poor kid is singing this polar express song probably fucking not the polar express and it's this and like for all these kids who have only oh. been on the polar express they didn't even know the polar express existed until an hour ago when they got on this train how do they all know this song i know th this is getting very youtube -y about like i know that's not the point of the scene but it is still like what the fuck is happening and did i point out how it makes no sense to have a poor kid like this exist in a world where santa is also proven to exist and like why has this kid never gotten any presents does like santa have an agenda against this kid because I think you might have mentioned it yeah but, but that's no, one of the things in this remember. movie that fundamentally like th i mean it's kind of a bit of 
dramatic tension that always exists in a story where you do have Santa, and Santa is omniscient, and he seems to be good at taking care of all the kids, but then you have a poor kid who's never been taken care of. It does... It, it, Polar Express is not the first movie to do this. Hell, one of my favorite... It's a terrible movie, but Santa Claus the movie from 1985 does the same thing. And actually, Santa Claus befriends a poor ho homeless kid who's never gotten anything, and they never explain why that kid never got anything either, because... <laughs> Even though Santa's... You don't have a chimney. <laughs> that, I think Santa does say something like that. The kid's like, I don't have a house. And then Santa's like, oh, well, well, let's not get into the details of that. I owe you a bunch of presents next year or something like that. But yeah. Um... So the, they, they get to town. The streets are void of life because all the elves are gathering in the mid middle of the city for the first gift of Christmas. Santa's going to give it to one of these shitty kids. <laughs> I wonder who it could be. I wonder. And... Oh, look! Elves! Now never stop screaming! <laughs> this is... The the North Pole is so weird because it's so empty. I guess in the original book they do mention that like all the elves are walking towards the middle of the city for the thing. But like, it looks like they're like... It's, it's like in Baron Munchausen when they go to the moon and Baron Munchausen is first presented with like the fake empty version of the moon city that falls away to reveal mm -hmm. that it's just fake. That's what this North Pole looks like. There's no vehicles or elves are walking around anywhere in it. It's just like this empty industrial... It does not look like a magical place where toys are made. It just looks like this weirdly empty town in like Helsinki and I, I guess it also the design of the North Pole is terrible it's just a bunch of industrial brick buildings uh, which yeah. is something that's actually how it looked in the original book so I, I could see why they kept it but I, even then, the, the the guy who wrote the book, the reason that he made the North Pole look that way is because he was from he's from Michigan, and he was like, well, I just I just figured, like, if this place is going to be making bunches of toys, it's kind of going to look kind of going to look like Michigan, where they make cars. It's going to just look like this industrial town. But that's like a real letdown, because you think the North Pole is going to be kind of magical and cool looking? No, it's just this empty fucking industrial. This place looks like fucking well, Detroit Bill. on a Wednesday night in January. It's yeah. Uh, to to be fair, the the original title of this movie was The Polar Express. What a fucking letdown. <laughs> Seriously, The Polar Express question mark. And one of my big technical notes of uh, a technical fuck up in this movie. The one thing that I noticed was when the uh, Polar Express is pulling into the main square, the first time you see elves, they're all walking past the Polar Express. Mm -hmm. If you look under the P in Polar Express on the side of the train, uh, you'll see one of the elves is not animated. It's just skating along motionless. <laughs> it's just, it's, arms and legs are frozen. And it's already bad, too, because you can totally tell uh, Bob Zemeckis, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like being pulled on a sled. It's so bad. That's insane. And on top of the crowd, you can tell the crowd is just like two or three of the same elves oh, just cut and pasted. Because like, you can tell like a lot of the elves are like doing the exact same motion at the same time. They didn't even have the time to like offset the motion of a lot of these elves. Because like back, like when uh, Peter Jackson was making Lord of the Rings, he came up with this big uh, crowd CGI technology, which like, kind of gave all the crowd elements in a, in, a, in a crowd like this, like AI, so they can kind of react to each other. Uh, Bob Zemeckis didn't have that technology, so it is just a bunch of, like, autonomous, like, oh my god, you actually see there's a second shot with the motionless elf. <laughs> when the conductor gets off the train, you can see this elf just skating. Anyway, <laughs> then my point being, even the crowd sucks. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, the kids form two lines. A poor kid's still sitting on a train, and the conductor tells the girl, the boy, no one's required to see Santa. So they run back to get him. This fucking, this they... is the point of the movie where I really wanted to punch this kid, because he's at the fucking North Pole! Get off the fucking train, even if just to get a snack! But you know what? To be fair, 
Santa is a piece of shit. He's never brought this kid anything. I, I wouldn't want to see that asshole I either. I can understand, but at the same time, just for your basic comfort, and when they look back to see him in the train, he looks like he's like got indigestion. It's not that he's just on the train being sad, but he's like, he's like if, I, if I stand up, I'm gonna shit all over my my pants. I'm shocked. I'm not that they, wearing pants. I'm shocked that when they turn around, the kid's not being played by Jim Carrey, kind of making his most like me 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 me, me face, like he's that so, kind of sad sack. Yeah. They, 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 so they get on the train, and while they do that, this fucking asshole boy steps on a lever, which <laughs> decouples the train car. I guess from it's the that easy. You just put the what decoupling lever. What kind of design is that? A lever that can be tripped by a seventy-pound kid stepping on it? Yeah. The Polar Express maybe they, not they, all that well designed. They, when the only really way between shit cars, out this plot, huh? Yeah, when the only way between cars are icy couplers without any handrails or anything like that. This is this train is kind of designed to kill people. This is kind of a saw situation uh, coming up. So, here. yeah, the poor they go back there and the poor kid says, "Xmas day doesn't work out for me." And they say, "Hey, it's the day for giving and presents and family and friends." And blah blah blah. Don't be here alone. Come see that old fat fuck. Who never and he gives still you has to be like, because he hates poor people so much. <laughs> and the kid still has to reiterate. It just doesn't work out for him. Motherfucker, how, how do I have to articulate? I am poor. Christmas is not a good thing. I'm surprised he's. It, this is the year he's losing his faith in Santa. That's well. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would assume his faith is he's never had faith. And well, and it's not consistent because, like I said, like the, the the girl's already like a big Santa Claus cheerleader, so it's. N but maybe she's smart enough to be like, it's a fucking magic train. There's probably <laughs> maybe really she, Santa. Maybe she actually is giving up on her faith in Santa, but she's smart enough to kind of keep playing both sides. So she'll pretend to be like, <laughs> "Yay, Santa!" Deep down inside, she's got she's got so, second thoughts. But yeah, anyway. So this car comes off from the others, and they start rolling super fast on the flat ground that they're because on. Because this movie backwards. need a third roller coaster segment. Uh-huh. God. And then they start flying down all of these San Francisco hills of the North Pole. Yeah. And then the hobo's there and shows the kid where the brake is. And then they stop on one of those track, spinning track things that swaps tracks. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, a railroad turntable, essentially, yeah. While Winter Wonderland plays on some speakers, and they stop spinning. And everything's and cold hears... and empty and spooky, but not in a fun way. It's just kind of crappy. Mm -hmm. They, they, the girl hears some sleigh bells in the distance, and they cross over some rails that are just open above giant pit. Yeah. Seems like a super great design. Good job, Santa. Just because you need this like and little then, Indiana Jones segment of them trying to like walk, like like tightrope walk well, now, across these rails. Yeah, yeah, we get to watch them T pose as they cross over, <laughs> and then. I'm sure until like the the day before they finished this film, that's exactly what it was like. Little little invisible hands holding these action figures going across the the rails. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so they make it across fine, but reach what seems like a dead end. But then the poor kid hears, and the girl hears sleigh bells, but this asshole kid doesn't hear anything. How is it the poor kid can hear so, sleigh bells? Oh, Jesus. Again, the kid, poor kid so should have been the main character. They go down a tiny tunnel and find Santa's accounting department, where some elves are watching kids on TV, and then a naughty alarm goes off because a kid stuck some gum in his sister's hair, and that's all it takes to be on Santa's naughty list. Everybody should be on Santa's naughty list. Oh God, yeah, and it's live-action <sighs> footage of kids on the TV screen too, which just is, makes everything a little bit weirder. And I guess the mm -hmm. elves are Jewish because the one elf is like, "Oh, what are you, Meshugana?" Which I guess that's kind of funny that the elves are Jewish, or at least one of the elves is. Jewish. And he's dressed like a little Napoleon, which is kind of just 
Sure, why not? Fucking you can just weird. randomly... This movie is fucking weird. That's... Uh... It's a so baby? It's a baby! Uh, also, uh, baby. main kid's uh, lapel clips through his own shoulder uh, at one point. Oh, too. Good. I just noticed that, too. Anyway. So, uh, the elves... Let's see, where's my note here? Um, the elves start to leave, and uh, the elves saying, We're taking the pneumatic tubes because it's the only way to get to the square on time. <laughs> it's funny and how it's just like, here's exposition about what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Now, if anyone else another... can hear us, they can do the same. Yeah. And then the, another elf says, Of course I know that. Why would you say that out loud? Seems very pointless. <laughs> I'm going to put down this phone because we have finished our Christmas duties for the year and we're going to the North Pole. So after they leave, the kids go over to the tube and also take it and climb in and whoosh, we watch them fly along because we needed yet another roller coaster segment. The fourth, and I think it's the final roller coaster segment of the film, but yeah. Maybe? So they get out at a wrapping area. No bells here. And then the boy says they should follow the arrows on the floor. That's why. Is, is, Get back in the tube and push one of the other two buttons in there. Is your son watching the Polar Express too? That's why he's so sad. Oh my <laughs> yep. God! I'm watching this right now, and the and poor kid. Yeah, when they're bouncing along the the pathway through the wrapping room, his ar he does look like Cranky Kong or whatever the fuck. His arms are like, oh, oh my when, God, it's grotesque. When the machine turns on and the conveyor belt starts to move, yeah. the way they shuffle around <laughs> yeah. looks fucking terrible. It does not, they don't and look then, like they're connected to the floor and like their arms just suddenly turn into these sticks that don't look like how any one <laughs> skeleton has ever worked in reality. It's fucking then, frightening. There's... There's one last present. Turns out it's going to the poor kid's address. It's his. Isn't it fucking magical and shit? Maybe. So Santa almost left this kid's present behind. I again. would assume that this is why the kid's never got a present because, like, it's for some reason it's just set up that his always gets lost here. So the kid is then, justified in wanting to grab it to make sure it doesn't it get starts, lost. Yeah, it starts going away and he dolphin dives after it. It does, and yeah. It, it looks terrible. <laughs> it's. I, I wonder if it's one of those things they had a hard time motion capturing and so they just did it by hand and that's one of the things where even doing it by hand somehow looked even worse than motion capturing but like yeah it just and there's so, another yeah this starts the oh, big roller wait, coaster yep, thing of yeah yeah yet another roller coaster scene of them going down some giant slides <laughs> so into a hole they go and land on santa's present pile not crushing any of the presents they're all perfectly still boxes yeah, you, uh, I mean, if you really want to get technical, all the presents at the bottom of this thing would be crushed by the weight of the presents on top. But yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's North Pole. It's magic, what no, whatever. Do? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, yeah, the kids the, like you think landing on top of these presents, you do, some of those presents are not gonna make it to their. <laughs> to, well, to the also the pointy, <laughs> the pointy corners would probably not be all great. <laughs> yeah. But, and and the kid whose name is Billy, the only name we get in the movie, can't open his present because there's a sticker right on it that says "Do not open till Christmas." And so, the presents move. Uh, God, under this a giant is more target. Shit that happens. It's oh, they're in a giant fuck. bag now. Yeah. And the, the well, the presents move under a giant target on the ceiling. Some rockets shoot up, and Santa's bag starts closing around them. And Santa knows all this. Shouldn't he be helping? No, he's <laughs> like just. He's I guess he's just taking a shit. We're ready to get it ready to go on. It's, <laughs> this is all just yeah. fucking noise. It, again, of course, so, none of this happens in the book. It's just a noise that just. For sake, oh, but yeah. the blimp starts lifting up the bag, and the music's trying Dude. real hard to make you know it's some magical bullshit. Yeah. But it isn't magical bullshit. It's just, it's just bullshit. bullshit. 
And then the poor kid starts freaking out because something has his leg. They parts. <laughs> So they start pulling, trying to pull him up, but he won't give them his other hand because he's holding on to his precious, precious present. And it, it, you see his foot lift up, and there's two hands on his boot. Take off your boot, you asshole. Yeah, come on. You're, you don't need your boot anymore. <laughs> At the most, you're just going to get back on that train. Come on, dude. Like... And then they pull him up, and the know-it-all is there. Oh, good. We needed him back in this movie. <laughs> And he's here for absolutely no reason, because he would have just been well, at the top. Well, I was checking to make sure that I got all the things I wanted on my list, but there's only one box, and it's just a bunch of underwear. It's probably because you're a piece of shit, and that's where you belong. <laughs> that's the best you deserve. Um, <laughs> of course, you, like it makes no sense how this kid, he presumably got into this uh, into the Santa's bag even before the main kids did. Otherwise, how would he be beneath them? I, mean, I know that's mm. not the point, but it's just like, and like, why Whatever. do we need this fucking character to show up again? So, it's just, oh, movie, you're fucking The blimp starts me. to descend, which is done by the elves farting the tops of the blimps like you <laughs> would with a balloon. That's not how blimps work! They're not I know it's a children's movie, so like, you're doing this in a language like, and it's also funny because it's making a big butthole fart sound, but it's just like, movie, <laughs> you're just, whatever goodwill I have left, you're just yeah, well, killing it. No, just, oh I'm... my god. Me, personally, I hope they let whoever came up Man. with that idea go home early, and because hot damn, they nailed it. terrible thing is when they lift up Santa's sack, it looks like a big red nut sack. It looks <laughs> hey, like balls Bill. hanging from the sky. Bill. Yeah? There's still half an hour of this left. I mean, technically, I mean, really, <laughs> I was going to say, when we got to, into the North Pole, I was like, well, actually, we've been recording for an hour, and I was like, well, technically, we're already two through, th uh, through like, three quarters of the story, but I forgot how much filler there is. But, like, yeah, ugh. But, oh, no, the blimp is coming in too low, so a bunch of elves decide to suicide jump <laughs> off of the blimp so they could lose some weight, which, what, they probably lost, like, 20 pounds on the blimp. Yeah, They're tiny elves. But they they scrape the star on the There's top no of the tree. But shut up! I'm get I'm I'm telling you this very important plot point. It's very important. The movie doesn't work without this scene. Yeah. They scrape the the star on the top of the tree, which falls off. So a bunch of elves bungee jump off the blimp and grab it and pull it back on top of the tree. Then that scene's over. <laughs> the elves get the kids out of the bag. It's been five minutes till midnight for like 20 minutes, which is fitting because it feels like I've been watching this movie forever. Again, speaking of perfect metaphor for this film, that's it, yeah. And then the poor kid leaves his gift with the elf because they're like, trust us. And I wouldn't trust these fools. Santa's fucked this kid over for years. Yeah. Also, why is this kid's, why is the poor kid's neck so thick? Have they never seen what a child looks like before? He's all roided out. I don't know, why is, why is the black girl got Joker face? Like, there's a whole thing, what is wrong with everyone in this movie? Oh, so we have God. to watch the reindeer glitch out and flop all over into their spots. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, we have to watch some dead-faced elves bring out the sleigh bells. Which, that, but, beca just because... But for some reason, the main kid can't hear them. Is it because oh, he, he doesn't believe in Santa, he's still, even reason... though he's at the fucking North Pole and there's literally thousands of devil elves everywhere? <laughs> Technically, there's only three elves that they're just replicated 3,000 times a piece, but yeah. Then um, all the elves seen the worst rendition of Santa coming to town. It starts I've off so ever slowly. Heard. You feel like you're losing your fucking mind because it's like, <laughs> and I guess they have to do this to coax Santa out of his house. Otherwise, yeah. he's like, he's the like, he's the like, the doors open, <laughs> and you see his shadow, 
but the elves block the kid's view so he can't see them. How tall are this these is elves? The stupidest conflict I've ever seen in a movie. He can't quite it see can't. Santa, it's just drawing so he out. can't believe in him. Yeah, it's tr <laughs> I, I, I mentioned this while you were taking a piss. That's not how belief works. The whole point of belief yeah. is that you you believe in something even without concrete proof of it. To think that he doesn't believe in Santa until he can actually lay eyes on him, that's not really belief. That's just... I mean, it is. I mean, yeah. I guess it's just. I, so, guess it's, I, I guess it's more faith than belief. But anyway, this is another here there. Okay. Everything starts to move in slow motion because that's what we needed this movie to slow down. Yeah. Oh my and God! There is a half hour in this movie. How is there half an hour in this? <laughs> I guess it's mostly. Actually, it's mostly just Santa. Him talking to Santa Claus, which is super slow. So, but yeah, okay. He sees Jesus. a sleigh pop off the the uh, a bell pop off the sleigh yeah. and bounce on the ground. This is worthy of slow motion. Yeah, as, as he about picks to it up him. and shakes Brr. it and can't hear it. He closes his eyes and starts saying over and over, "Believe, believe, believe." And then he can hear the bell. Good fuck. And then Santa is standing there behind him, and I literally recoiled at the sight of this. This is grotesque Santa. I wondered how they came up with such a terrible looking Santa. It's because I guess for all the characters in this movie, or at least all the adult characters, uh, they would have the actor who was playing them kind of dress up like the character and then scan them into the computer. And yeah. so you get to see, like, in the making of features, Tom Hanks dressed up as this Santa, which is the officially the worst-looking Santa I've ever seen in a movie where the Santa was not supposed to look terrible. Like, you know, Artie Lang in Elf doesn't count, or... Yeah. Any dr drunken mall he, Santa doesn't count. He just this, this doesn't look like Santa Claus. It looks like his face looks like Liam Neeson got burned terribly. Yeah, it's it's obviously just it's Tom awful. Hanks in a fat suit with like this like. Curly he's not even beard. that fat. No, that's the thing, and he's got these big tall boots, and it's just like I can't they believe have, like, they a, fucked up like, Santa Claus. That is the he's most. He's talking. His voice is deep, but it's Ugh. obviously a voice modulation they put on it. Yeah. And, and it's it obviously just Tom then, Hanks and hey kid, I'm Santa Claus. And then Santa asks him, what, what, what did you say? And he <laughs> says, he says, I believe. And he gives the bell back. And then the know-it-all starts shouting, I want the, I want the first gift, I want the first gift. So Santa just backhands him and tells <laughs> him to know his place. Breaks his teeth. And then, so Santa says, the girl is pretty cool. He moves on the poor boy belly and says, he's made a lot of friends. And then he decides, to give the first gift to the main kid. Fucked out. Oh, you should have given it to... You should have given... It should have been Billy. What the fuck are you doing, movie? That's what I'm saying. This is not good storytelling, you character. assholes. Yeah. Oh, because this is made by a rich white baby boomer, you can't... Even even the even the poor white baby boomer can't be the main character. It's got to be the kid from the rich part of town. Fucking so Christ, the, this movie. So the, oh. the main kid gets on Santa's lap and whispers what he wants from Santa, and Santa's like... Fuck, that's what you want? <laughs> it's fucking garbage. It fell off my sleigh. It's so, okay. Kid, it's yeah, literal it's, it's, garbage. I threw yeah. it in the garbage <laughs> in the wastebasket on the sleigh. I have to pick it out and give it back. Here's here's the broken bell that fell on the ground. Congratulations. You could have had literally anything, but you wanted a broken bell. This, awesome. This is like You made my job real easy. I'm looking at the at the timer on the movie, and that is literally twenty minutes to justify why the kid chooses the bell, because in the book uh, he literally he just he says, I want a bell from your sleigh. In this movie, they have to have the whole thing of the uh, the bell slowly falling off the thing and the bouncing and the thing. And I'm like, that's, oh my god. I mean, it is kind of weird that, like, 
if you're making this into a movie and you have someone going over the North Pole and actually you can, can ask Santa Claus for anything, I guess they do have to justify, like, why you would, of all the things you could ask, I just want to bell off your fucking sleigh. Why would, so, like, but oh. what happens when, has Santa never had a kid, like, can I have my dead parent back, please? <laughs> or, like, what happens when it's something like Santa doesn't have, like, right there on his person? Um, I'm sure, I'm sure, if he's that magical, I'm sure he vets it so anyone, there's no one who ever gets on the Polar Express who's gonna ask for anything weird like that, but, yeah. Uh, so, uh, for some reason, Santa tells him the true spirit of Xmas <laughs> is in your heart. <laughs> Man, it's... And then, and then this fucking stupid idiot puts the bell in his ripped pocket. He knows, it's been a running gag throughout him. the whole movie. I hate him so much. Even he knew to put his fucking ticket into the right pocket, but then he fre- oh my god. So then midnight, it's time for Santa to leave, so he whips the ever-living fuck out of his reindeer yeah, with Yeah, he's a got like a whip. lightsaber whip. Which is... And takes off as they struggle to lift his fat ass into the sky and as if... Deck the Halls plays. Yeah, of course. As Thanks, soon as he, I hate it. He disappears in a Back to the Future like trail of flame and fairy magic. And, and the, uh... the poor kid asks the other kid if this could all be a dream. And he says no, because yeah. <laughs> no, I, San... I will this to be so this cannot be a dream. Santa vanishes into dust and the elves start screaming and crying because the whole fuck just exploded. <laughs> It's like the Challenger accident where they're like, was that supposed to happen? Oh no, he's dead! (laughs) Usually he just flies off, he doesn't explode like that. All the elves throw their hats literally thousands of feet into the air because they're all super strong, I guess. And then Steve Tyler Demon Elf is there singing a song and my vision blurs and all I can see is the vomit scene from Team America (laughs) happening in my head. He's like a pig-nosed version of himself and then it pulls back to even more grotesque that he's on, not a wheelchair, like a unicycle. So, a huge, u- a tall unicycle. Santa couldn't source him an actual just elf-sized microphone, so he has to use Steven uh. Tyler's actual microphone. And it's supposed to be cute and clever in the making of stuff. Like, there's the whole thing with Bob's Megas, like, we needed a cool rock and roll song. And who's the most elf-like uh, rock and roller of them all? Steven Tyler. And I'm like, yeah, what? How is he the- he's this fucking- he's a Skeksis. He's not an elf. <laughs> Why would you get him of all people? Like, aside- this movie did not need a rock and roll baby boomer cameo at the end of it. It just- like, I can no. see if he had Bing Crosby up there or something like that, but Steven Tyler? Anyway, yeah. it's just stupid. I'm mean, granted, like, he's only got one one shot cameo, but, like, it's- and all the fucking elves and start dancing and- uh, dead-eyed, dead-faced elves just- Fucking motion capture dancing awful. Well, it's funny because female elves, they don't seem to exist anywhere else in the film except for this one shot where you need like girl elves and boy elves dancing because like the girl elves have like little like high heeled elf shoes and oh god, so I guess there's a whole bunch of elf fucking as soon as this was done. It's just, man, this movie's gross. Looking at the elf, the faces are, there are all these like 50 year old men except Mm -hmm. for the girl. It's just, man, this movie, no! So. The kids okay. start to get back on the train. Yeah. Oh my god. They they bring the last car back so the poor kid can ride in there like a <laughs> fucking loser again. The poor car, yeah. And then know it all gets learned stamped on his ticket, but it's funny because he thinks it says lead. And <laughs> but then it's because he was covering the R up with his <laughs> The poor kid gets his stamped and it says depend on. Is that what his character did? I'm 
flips it over and it says rely on, and he flips it once more and it says count on. What what did he do that gave him that title? This is the weirdest thing for me in this movie. More than anything else is you have this poor kid who's been fundamentally let down by this entire system his entire life. Now I guess the lesson he's supposed to learn is you like you're supposed to believe in us and depend on us. Even when these guys finally threw down and, like, made themselves apparent to I, him on this Christmas night, they put him on a train on which he was almost killed on half I, a dozen times. I took it more as it was saying he was, uh, like, um, dependable and could that, lean on or whatever. That he's dependable? Yeah. Oh, see, that makes more sense because, like, well, the way because the conductor is like, you can depend on us to get you home, right? I thought, like, yeah. this is him just saying, like, I thought this was a conductor saying, hey, stop not believing in us. And I'm no. like, motherfucker, do you have every reason to say so. fuck oh, you guys? I could be. Okay. I don't fucking know. It's stupid. People listening gets... to this podcast, let us know how you interpret that thing. But, like, this kid is totally justified <laughs> yeah. saying, fuck you guys. Just get me home. You guys have been... If that person isn't home, then I could have taken with me. Oh, someone's so, going to fucking die. Anyway, yeah. The girl gets her ticket stamp, and it spells out L-E-A-D, and she says, It says lead! <laughs> the conductor's oh. like, how fucking st- How much lead poisoning do you have that you think, what? And he's like, no, it, it says, it, <laughs> it's lead. Like, what? It's lead. How? He's like, let me take that ticket back. You get a different ticket. It, it's as stupid as fuck now. She didn't. I, I guess she followed the sound of the bells that kind of led them out of Santa's place. Well, why is... But when she the train needed to be stopped, she closed her eyes and did nothing. She's not a very good leader. Yeah. What about all the other... What about the dozen other kids that are on the train? They don't get anything. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I guess these are the only three characters that actually had a life lesson to be learned. Everyone else just got presents, but... Eh, fuck this movie. So, the last kid gets his stamped, and I screamed... Because his stupid shit says believe. I hate it. I hate everything about it. It makes me so my out. I fucking fucked movie. You fucking creepy, uncanny valley butthole. Again, the garbage. rich white boy is the most important character, and the most important thing about the, this most important character is that he doesn't believe enough in Santa and just he, fuck this. He kid. puts his ticket in his pocket and, and he it disappears. It fuck any reasons. kid who wanted to keep these tickets for souvenirs, I guess. Why punch the tickets in the holes if they're not going to keep them? It's just I, mean, I know that's all, not the point, but it's just like what? All the kids want to see the bell. I wonder what could happen. And he, oh no, it fell out of his pocket because he got a hole in it, and I, now he's sad. I do love I think. all the kids are like, well, I think, I, I think the, uh, the, uh, the, the girls are like, well, we can go look for the bell, and suddenly as soon as she, she well, says yeah, all that, the, the kids, train starts moving. Yeah, they, they will help you find it, but the train starts moving again, so he just sits there like the sad sack well, of shit I do he appreciate this move. As soon as the car starts moving, uh, annoying kid is just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> like everyone abandons yeah. him. It's not even an attempt to like, like none of them suggest like we could pull this like the stop emergency stop lever or anything. It's like, ah, oh, well, you're you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, so he's I, sitting there uh, when uh, conductor is giving main kid uh, his believe ticket. He calls him the boy with all the questions, which is a callback to the hobo because the hobo is the only other character to call out how this kid keeps on asking so many questions when mm. they first meet. So that's. I don't know if they're brothers or something, but like anyway. So he's sitting there sad. He just, I just saw Santa, the North Pole, had a huge <laughs> adventure, but I lost a tiny bell. <laughs> Again, belief. If the story was actually, if this movie was sticking true to the point of this, the moral of this kid's story, the bell shouldn't actually matter that much. Because, yeah. 
So, at some point during this scene, the conductor goes between the cars to the caboose, and it's just fucking flat ground. There's no couples or anything. Oh, was, okay, I'm not... Th okay. That's, that's one of the things that annoyed me, like, why put this kid in danger having the couples there when there's a magical car that can just have a fucking flat ground between it? Especially on a train that's specifically built to shepherd children around. Like, oh my god. So anyway, so now, they they throw poor the, kid out a window. <laughs> they're the just poor tired kid of has shit. to go home. He's not even at home. He's like they're not even the right city. He gets left in Bangladesh. He says he thanks the main kid for stopping the train for him. He hugs the girl and goes home, where he has a gift and holds it over his head like some poorly animated YouTube poop video. <laughs> it does look like Aah. so. I guess amazing. also Santa's not only dropped off a present but lit his house better, and yeah. put up a wreath and a Christmas tree for him. And so I guess I guess this is proof that poor people have nothing to bitch about because if they just believe in Santa Claus enough, Santa will fix their lives. Mm -hmm. Oh god, this movie. So back outside, the main kid, they go to the main kid's place. He says goodbye to his friends. I guess we know it. The know it all is important enough to get a goodbye. Yes. So oh my god. And then, and then uh, the boy and the girl hug. Then they shake hands, and he gets off and says thank you to conductor. And this whole asshole says. One thing about trains, it doesn't matter where it's going, what it matters is if you decide to get on. And he winks at him. What, wow. I don't even know real what... food for thought there, movie, yeah, huh? That's that the, shit's right, gonna right, no, keep me up at night. I do like the conductor rolling his eyes when main kid and the girl are hugging right before the main kid leaves. Which I kind of like, I, like, there's at least one moment in this movie where the conductor isn't just like being totally, like, I just, like, uh, I, that's No, that's because funny. he's racist. <laughs> He's <laughs> just like, are you... I don't know, you're all for desegregation, kid. And the music wants you to make... To, to, like, once again, to think this is a very deep yeah. moment that he said, you know, what matters is if you get on. Again, fucking Alan Silvestri scoring this movie. He's got one recording of that theme and just, like, hits the button again. <laughs> just okay. So the kid goes inside his house as the train pulls away and the conductor yells at him, Merry Christmas. As a hobo plays a hurdy-gurdy before blowing into dust. Yeah. Um, gee, I wonder if he's gonna get his bell back. No presents what? under the tree yet, Santa's not been there. It is weird, though, like, when the kid... Uh, the t okay, so the train goes away, and the kid uh, st uh, starts walking up the steps to his bedroom. There is a weird... I always wondered what the significance of the log in the fireplace in the living room is, because it starts to glow and cast off smoke. Just as the kid's mm. walking upstairs and suddenly cuts to the next morning, he's waking up. But I'm it's weird because the it, camera starts zooming in on the fireplace as if, was it, as if something's going to happen. Was it lit when he came in? No. It's it's completely oh, okay. dead and cold. But as soon as he uh, starts climbing up the steps, it starts to kind of like glow and smoke a little bit. And the mm. camera starts zooming in on a little bit. And I wonder if there was something supposed to happen there because the, cut, the jump from that to the next morning is completely abrupt. Well, it was... It was gonna slowly pan up the uh, chimney to show his dad stuck in there, <laughs> and, then, and then it was and, and then it was gonna flash to uh, the chick from Gremlins talking about just get, telling the story. Well, the weird thing is, if you're gonna suggest Santa's about to come down, if anything, you would have just soot coming down from inside the inside the chimney. But like the 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 fireplace being magically rekindled out of the blue is not gonna. It's if anything, that's gonna keep Santa from uh, from coming in anyway. That, that's not right there. But in the morning, just kind of weird his sister wakes him up and he grabs his robe once again. And then the same and he rips it. Is it the same again, pocket the same that he rips? Yeah, I think so because the marbles go everywhere again. Yeah, which kind of suggests was it that all it's a dream or no? Yeah. And then uh, the, uh, we see a Christmas tra toy train set go past. The I do like one it's like a Polar Express. I do. I did that think that was cute. 
And his sister's like, it's got your name on it. And the kid says, oh my god, it's my bell. <laughs> and my asshole launched me into space with shock. Oh no. There's a note inside from Santa. And Tom Hanks' reading of it made me laugh so hard because he sounds like a fucking dullard. <laughs> He sounds like because Homer Simpson they, trying well, to pretend to be well, someone else. Hello, no, so the Mr. Thing Burns? Is, they put voice modulation on him when he was in the North Pole. No, but, but now, to, yeah. They forgot to do it here. So he says, Found this on my sleigh, the seat of my sleigh. Better fix that hole in your pockets, <laughs> Mr. C. Hey, stay out of Riverdale. Um, Turns out Mr. C is just his creepy neighbor who watches him sleep at night. It's funny, too, because in the original book, that actually, this this entire ending is in the original book. It's interesting because the note says, fix that hole in your pocket, which sounds more demanding. And this, I do like they changed it to, better, you better fix that hole in your pocket, more like a suggestion rather than a commandment from God. But yeah, it's just so dopey. Hey, oh, Santa Claus. It's the worst Santa ever. I love Tom Hanks, but man, Santa's what is the worst role ever. It's terrible. And the parents. The movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. The parents, yeah. They, they take a look at his bell and they can't hear it when they shake it. To be they fair, don't believe her. If you're going to hold a bell like that where you're holding the metal part with your fingers, you're really only going to hear kerklunk, kerklunk at best. Yeah. So to be fair, I mean, but yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. And and it's uh, Tom Hanks playing the dad, except he's got a wheezy voice. He's like, hey, there's port. Yeah. And then the so, shit, uh, but, oh, shit man. cherry on top of the. Hold on, hold diary on. of Sunday that is this movie. So a toy parents can't hear, but kids can. Yes, thank you, please. Oh. And then as he a, said, as a he, so we're celebrating your first year as a parent, huh? Yeah. So over time, Tom Hanks. Well, Tom <laughs> Hanks gives a voice over here. Over time, everyone in his life stopped hearing that bell, but he could always hear that bell as he got old as fuck, because <laughs> he believes just like his stupid ticket says. Da and now here's a shitty song over the try hard music that you had to hear all through the movie. You put lyrics to this stupid so music, and it's Fuck just you. like believe children are sleeping. <laughs> and it's just kind of like the guy just like just singing about random Christmas imagery. Snow and is deeply falling. Oh, oh, good. They follow that up with the the, the song for the Polar Express again, <laughs> which the, our that beloved hit that we can't get out of it. So this is, I love looking up trivia for the Polar Express because the first bit of trivia that seems to pop up everywhere is like, Well, hold look, on, before you get to the credits, I have some more notes about the I just have a notes about the final shot of the film. Oh, okay, go for the The big piece of time. trivia that everyone loves to be like, did you notice? Did you notice that you could see Santa's face in the reflection of the bell for a quick moment when it does a super obvious sparkles and shit all over the fucking bell? Even in the last moment, because even in the original book, it's just a picture of the bell. Mm -hmm. In this movie, Bob Zemeckis can't even resist the urge to fucking shit in his own mouth. And even in this last shot of the movie, by like <laughs> having a big sparkle show up and Santa's face appear within the reflection of the bell for a moment. Again, the point is that you're not seeing Santa. The belief works without the belief. Belief is it, belief is only works when you don't have the proof. It's enough that the bell enough by itself is enough proof. You don't need to show Santa one last time. You get you get the moral of the movie without one last picture of the world's worst Santa suddenly showing up. It's just yeah. so fucking clumsy and cloying. It just fucking amazes me. Even at the last moment, he manages to accidentally spike the shit football. 
and just like completely it just shows how little he understands the material that he spent three years and like 160 million dollars bringing the life in motion picture form and it's just like the, the complete lack of subtlety in this movie is startling even down to the last frame of the uh, of the picture anyway about the credits well they yeah it's it's wonderful they didn't give the kids names it's just hero boy <laughs> yeah. hero girl Lonely Boy, which I guess is fitting because they were just husks. That's Peter and Scolari th- from uh, Bosom Buddies? That's hilarious, because that's like Tom Hanks' first thing. That is hilarious. Okay, I, now I suddenly like Lonely Boy again. Also, mm. Sister Sarah. Oh, that's funny, because I was... Because I, at the, the, the last bit of dialogue in the movie is Tom Hanks talking about even Sarah stopped believing in the bell, and it's not clear who Sarah is. It could be a sister, or maybe it's his, like, future wife, but in the credits they list her as Sister Sarah, just to make it sure you know that it's his sister and not, like, yeah, another character we're gonna know. And, and sorry, there's, fuck it, seriously, nine minutes of credits, which I guess means nine minutes less of the CGI dumpster fire. Yeah. So that, that movie was badly written, that movie badly directed, poopy. badly animated, badly motion captured. Charles Fleischer was in that movie? He played the elf... Oh, he must have been the Meshuggah. Okay. If... If you know anybody who likes this movie, it might be time to cut them out of your lives. If somebody forced you to watch, forced you to watch this on Christmas Day, I am sorry you had to live through that. This is totally like what old people, like old baby boomers on Facebook, like how, are love. How, this is how did he? How did Zemeckis get anything after this? Uh, this is who what, gave him money after this? The amazing thing this? is that his CGI studio. This is the first major thing they did. They kept on. They made like another three movies after this. It wasn't until Ma- Mars Needs Moms. Uh, became like I think Mars Needs Bombs is like the third biggest box office bomb in history. It wasn't until that movie did that badly that his shit got shut down. I remember even like the opening weekend when Mars Needs Bombs came out and all the news came out that like oh this is like Disney's gonna lose a hundred million dollars over this movie. That <laughs> Bob Smekis came out and said ah well we think this movie will have long legs. In fact this weekend we're going to announce that we're gonna do the. Uh, our next project is we're going to do a CGI remake of Yellow Submarine. And, of course, that didn't happen, and the studio pretty much got shut down a week later. But, yeah, I can't even... Like, I, I like I, I, they've been showing, I guess because people are responding well enough to the Polar Express on cable, that now they're trying to shove um, hit Bob Zemeckis' Christmas Carol down people's throats. And that's actually... I guess that was the next project they did after this. And you can see it's a little more technologically advanced. But... Even watching that, there's a whole segment of that movie where uh, Scrooge is shrunken down by the Ghost of Christmas future and chased by the Ghost of Christmas future through the streets of London. And of course, it's not yeah. a scene that exists in the book or any of it. But you need a big roller coaster segment, and it's what? even in even in the even in a Christmas Carol, Bob Zemeckis can't help but just like cram in like, more random shit into a story. I, I. I'm curious about the, how bad the other stuff is, but I never want to see that. No, because, and, like, even when Mars came, Mars Needs Mom, that came out, that was only, like, four or five years ago, and that movie looked like it was barely any better done than this movie that came out, like, a decade before it. So it's fucking I know, I know crazy. Some, some people might wonder if I think this is worse than Victor Victoria. I don't think it is worse than Victor Victoria just because I would watch this with other people and say look at this shit can you believe yeah, this gets this made? is at Got least made. more fascinating to watch it crash and shit all over itself whereas and it's there's 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 rendering areas in this garbage <laughs> there's an elf who doesn't move or it moves and gets not animated and yeah the fact that oh my god it's like an N64 game in parts it is it's 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 
And 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 like I said, my continuing fascination with this movie is that like so many of the, the on paper the the basic elements that make up this movie I should be totally into, but God no, it's fucking it's a fucking train wreck. And it's it's real, real bad. And like I said, even to this day, Bob's Mech is late as we're recording this, Christmas 2018, he just came up with a new movie that's filled uh Welcome to Marwin that has even still he's still pushing the whole CGI actor creepy doll face thing and I don't know what what damaged him so much that he thinks this is the future, but I mean I'm sure in the future well, someday there'll be like, like CGI people that look pretty realistic. But it's would this movie have worked if they had gone with a, or worked more with a more cartoonish style of the characters? Uh, probably, I'm almost guaranteedly show. And also the other thing, why is this this really movie could have been just live action? Granted, like a big chunks of it would have had to been CGI with all the all the outside train stuff and everything like that. But like all the character stuff, they could have just made it real kids. And of course, there would have been a bigger scene between the real life stuff and the CGI stuff. But. Uh, I don't, I, I, that's the thing. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know how this movie got made, why anyone thought it was a good idea to make it this way, and why people kept on throwing money at Bob Smagus after this movie came out. I guess it did well enough at the box office to justify keep on, like, uh, so he could make, like, I think he also did, like, an adaptation of fucking Beowulf? Yes. Is that the thing where it's got, like, naked Angelina Jolie in it? Yes. Oh, my God. That, that would be the only reason I want to see that movie, but I'm sure her tits look like cartoon <laughs> Barbie tits. Because if they can't yeah. get people's faces right, they're definitely not going to get tits right. Just, yeah. I don't know. It is, I'm sitting there watching the credits, and just, I am just, I don't, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's like, I feel like I just saw a car accident, and I just don't understand, like, how that happened. I'm just like, oh my god, that's just, yeah. Honky yeah, lips. It's, it's fucking, it's fucking terrible. It's, it's really, really bad. Yeah, uh, and like, how, I wonder how many people work on this film, like, once they saw how it was shaping up halfway through production, we're like, oh my god, this is ghastly, but we, like, we can't stop, we gotta finish it. I'm sure, like, like the, the the head people in charge of the film production weren't like that, but I'm wondering, like, if any of the producers or any of the lower underlings are working in the CGI department going, like, this is, as well, good as, this is as good as we can try to make it, but this is not coming out well. There was obviously one animator who was like, I'm not fucking animating that elf. <laughs> I'm not animating, I gave up, I'm going home, I need, it's actual Christmas, I need to go see my family, no one's gonna care if this one elf is, if his arms and legs are actually moving as he's ice skating through the North Pole. Oh my god, but yeah, the terrible thing is, yeah, I bought the book, and the original book is cute, but yeah, it's just like a, t it's, it's a, t like, essentially like a 12-page tone poem. But, man, this poopy. The Polar Express. That's how we're wrapping up Christmas 2018. Uh, uh, I tried to look up trivia for this movie, and all the trivia is just like, did you know that Tom Hanks played all the characters? And it's like, thanks. Oh, in the, no shit. I, look, I looked up the goof section, and there's a... a there should be so much more. Yeah. That, like, they didn't even get the, the chair clipping through Tom Hanks's. I kinda, that's why I kind of wonder if it's like cable TV trying to force this into popularity because this movie is obviously popular with some people, but not enough that like you can kind of judge how popular a movie is depending on how well fleshed out its goofs and trivia section are on IMDb. And this movie doesn't really have much in the way of either, so it's like, I'm sure there's a very vocal minority of people who love this movie, enough to keep, I guess, random train companies to keep hosting Polar Express train tours at, around Christmas, which is even more depressing, because, like, you're just on a 20-minute like, a segment of train track, it's not like you can even pretend you're going to the North Pole, but, and I guess everyone, I guess, they, they must hand out bells at the end of that, right? 
but I guess everyone gets the first gift of Christmas. I did see some video, and you have all these conductors, all these all these actors trying to pretend to be Tom Hanks. Like, hey, I'm mm. Tom Hanks. But yeah, it's just whatever. At least Tom yeah. Hanks got a paycheck out of it. That's really all I care about. But yeah, Bob's mech is cut. Fucking shit in the bed all over the place. <laughs> so what are uh, you doing next? Yeah, there's no trivia I that, that, that that's interesting I to talk you know, about. know, I movie. was I was so flabbergasted by this movie. I haven't even thought about what I'm <laughs> just doing. Just trying to survive this one week. That's yeah. justified. Oh my god. And also, as we're recording this, it is Christmas Eve. Other shit's going on. We'll figure out something next week. We'll be we'll, we'll be back next week. But yeah, it's all been leading up to this. And also, you, you for the last couple weeks, you've been like, yeah, Polar Express. You, you sure you want to do that? And I've been like, yeah, I guess so. And like, okay, this. Uh, this has been the big hump we've been trying to climb over, and so I'm glad we're done with it. Yeah. We can drive a holly stake through the heart that is the Polar Express. Yeah. The poo-poo choo-choo. <laughs> choo-choo poo-poo. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's murdering on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tardy Podcast on Twitter. Follow us to see some terrible screen caps I've been posting from this stupid movie. Dennis, I did love oh, how oh. your your Twitter account in particular has just come... Because you've been slowly watching it over the course of, like, four or five days. <laughs> so it's been funny watching you getting to, like... You've also only been watching it, like, 20-minute chunks. And like, mm. you're like, oh, my God, what the fuck is wrong with this part? Look at this part. And, oh. Yeah. I'll post the, the screen cap I took of the chair going through the conductor's legs. Yeah, the, look up the Grumpy Turtle uh, on, on Twitter, and yeah, I'll you'll find all the shit. And I'll, re, I'll tweet, retweet it yeah. on the podcast as well. Feel free to make a collage of all those images, and that'll be the like the podcast <laughs> image for this week. I, I'll, I'll post this, this, or actually, if you have it in 4K, get a, a better screen cap than the one I grabbed of his nightmare parents. Oh, that's a good that idea. Room. Yeah, I'll do that. Oh my god. And, ooh, if you can make an animated gif of the elf sliding along and not moving, <laughs> that'd be great too. Oh, this fucking movie! I know it's 2004 <laughs> and they were using new technology, but still. I mean, yeah. Star Wars was using new technology in, 20, in 1977, and that's held up better than this piece of shit has, but... Yeah, this is kind of proof yeah. that, like, as long as you just slather enough Christmas branding over something, you can take the stupidest shit possible and people swallow it. That's really, all it really yeah. boils down to. The most ineptly made mm-hmm. bullshit. So, which I hate to say yeah. that because I love Christmas, and I'm, you know what? It actually does mean a lot to me that you tolerated this movie because you're not, you are not a Christmas person, and on top of that, have to suffer through this movie. That is like, you were Superman sitting through a movie about <laughs> about Kryptonian, uh, Kryptonium. Well, is it Krypton? Kryptonite. You're watching yeah, a documentary kryptonite. about kryptonite while sitting in a kryptonite chair. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's accurate. Yeah, and you're and even then you're like, that's not how kryptonite works. They're fucking up this whole movie. It's, 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 so yeah. So anyway. Yep. So that was Polar Express. Next week, I'll try something. to figure out something good to <laughs> bring us up. Uh, yeah, the, uh, uh, we're gonna be recording from the recovery ward next week. Yeah. Oh my God. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, we'll try to get this up either tonight on Christmas Eve or tomorrow morning on yeah. Christmas. Yeah, I'll definitely Friday, try to so. get the file to you by the end of the day. I got nothing. It's Christmas Eve and I'm single and I have I don't have uh, kids to worry about, so I'm just gonna be sitting there jerking off. Like I got nothing to <laughs> like. The, the, I'm gonna be yeah, I'm gonna be masturbating while, while watching Rankin Bass specials all day. So I got all the time in the world to edit this podcast. So yeah, you'll have Fantastic. it to me by the end of the day at the very latest. So yeah, okay, all right, everybody. So uh, that was. Polar Express. Oh, what's that sound outside the window? Oh no, Bill, there's a train out there. Boom. Oh no, I don't think we believe anymore. No, it's gonna try to go. make us. 
We're gonna get on it's the poo-poo train. Oh, it's gonna take us to those devil elves. And oh, then no. We're gonna have to watch them swing dance to Steve Tyler. Oh, no, but the door just oh, opened and our scary goggle-eyed parents are chasing us, so we better get oh, on the fuck. train, because who wants to stay here for this shit? Oh, oh God, no. out of here. Crunch, crunch, crunch. crunch. Keep feeling your thoughtful, your wild finger is sprays out eventually. That is good, okay. Listen to the bells and chimes. Here comes Santa Claus. 